Hey guys, this is your host, Nathaniel in Adelaide. And before you get to enjoy your favorite broadcast, we have a small announcement. We have merch. Hey, official merch. Official. Very Most official, official yes, because we're so famous, someone might be doing bootlegs, you know, so. Totally. Only buy official merchandise. In a market people. in some place. Yes. That'd be so sad. So. Croydon Market. <laughs> Sorry. We wish. Anyway. <laughs> that's, that's where the quality bootlegs are. Click the link in the description box below so you can access to the website and you can go to the shop to discover the official Your Darkest Beige collection. And please remember to magic responsibly. Buy yourself something today. Welcome to Your Darkest Beige, your local foul mouth occult podcast. My name is Adelaide Philippe and I'm joined by my co-host... Nathan Reynolds. Excellent. We are two magicians of the late 1900s <laughs> challenging the beige views of the occult community. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed we are. And today's beige topic is... What led to our first contact with spirits and a bit of a backstory. Actually, a massively backstory. backstory. Yes. So strap on because most of this episode is basically us talking about what it was like in the past. Mm -hmm. How it led to our mentality, our mindset when we started working with spirits and this first invocation, this first yes. contact. Once upon a time, in a vile, polluted, dangerous land called Paris. <laughs> Adelaide backstory, fade to black. Or freeze frame, whatever. Freeze anyway, frame. so... <laughs> I was 12 when I heard the word magic in my mind, and literally from nowhere. Well, quote-unquote, from nowhere. Now we know, it probably was whispered, but at the time, it yeah. just sort of came these, up. These random moments. It was random and just came up. Now, and I was going to a very Catholic school at the time mm -hmm. because it was the best in the area, so it wasn't much of a choice. They would line up kids in the basement where the chapelle was, like I said, and you had to recite the Our Father three times to make sure you knew the words. Every single fucking day, you had to yeah. go down there, recite the thing, and I believe it was once or twice a week you had the compulsory Bible study or whatnot. All these kids, they weren't understanding a word of it. Mm -hmm. They would just say it because it was like, well, the sooner I finish this, the sooner I can get out and play. And yeah. I don't really want to be in this moldy downstairs basement thing. That was the chapelle. It was yeah. just, I love how I pronounce chapelle. It's yes. chapelle. That's chapel for it's those. Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're not used to my Franklish, that's what it means. Anyway. Yeah. You get more translations. You're learning. Yes, Francesca. you're learning French as you go. So, yeah, nobody was really caring mm. about anything and they were just accepting what was said to them yeah. because it was to get rid of it instead of doing whatever. It was just parroting. And obviously, you know, there was, were young kids. And I was like, what the fuck? Even at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I stopped saying the words and I was looking at the rest of the assembly and it was all these kids just looking elsewhere, being bored to fuck, didn't want to be here. It was horrible down here. And I was like, well, that's what religion is? Wait, yeah. is that what religion is? And I'm going to make a note here, the Our Father that was forced upon us at the time was not, it's not the original Aramaic version, Abun mm Dibashmaya, -hmm. uh, but I might be butchering this translation as well, so I'm so sorry about that if one of you knows how to speak Aramaic and, and they're like, what the fuck is she saying? <laughs> That's what it is. But this version is gorgeous. Yeah, it really it's is. powerful. It's powerful yeah. It is absolutely beautiful and it's more magical than people think. 
Oh yeah, so like and it mentions like hermetic principles within ex- it. It's, yeah, it's yeah, incredible. it's incredible. Translated directly. Exactly, so. exactly. So that's a very interesting note in here. More than that <laughs> with a Jesus episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, more teasers of content. And it's funny when you talk about that, it reminds me that even in my primary school, which is ages 5 to 11 or mm. something like that in England, it was the same, well, you'd start the day with that. There would be an assembly of the entire school, and yes, you would start by saying, over here it's referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Mm. And it used to be a thing, and the school I went to was not a Catholic school, it was in the middle of the countryside in England, it was just the county primary school. Whilst I know the words, I never recited it in the assembly, because I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. So hey. if anyone went to school with these quote-unquote weird kids who always sat outside in assembly... It was not because we enjoyed being out there. It was not fun to be singled out as such and have to be the odd one out in every fucking event in school. But that may be why they were sat outside an assembly and I was not allowed to participate in that. But I do mm. remember hearing the entire school say it every morning. Oh my God, and, and this shit sticks with you as well. Oh yeah, it's like I, I, didn't have to, I didn't have to say it to know it because I heard it every single day. Mm. I heard it more than other... Uh, prayers of, of the religion I was raised in at the mm. time simply by virtue of being at school five days a week you hear that every day and I believe there was another prayer they said at lunchtime oh right because I'm just having these memories unlocked now from a very very long yeah. time we're not talking over 30 years ago oh, God. was it back. Hail Mary or? I don't remember which one it was but I have visions and memories of being outside the lunchroom mm. and hearing everyone say, Amen, and then I was allowed to go in. Oh, right. So it's like, yes, twice a day I'm forced outside to wait like a weirdo. Oh, great. So, yeah, and in a very close-knit community of farmer children. Oh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. back to... Uh, yeah, more on that on other episodes, by yes, the way, because, uh, yes, this will be addressed it will be addressed. part of shadow work and just the path in general. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it says a lot, you know, I'm thinking about that, I feel you. I can now recite that horrible translation in mm-hmm. French, like, at least partially, yeah. and it's not a flex. It really isn't a no, flex. It's, it's a reflex, if It's anything, a right? reflex, yeah. <laughs> I was taking the notes, and I was like, oh, yeah, do I, do I remember what the prayer says? And I go, in French yes. in my mind, I was like, oh, my God. At yeah. this point, I can still recite it the way it was taught at the time. Yeah. And it was just, it's just absolutely atrocious anyway especially now that i know the aramaic one oh, i know it's such a bastard it's just a bastard like, it's just say, terrible yeah i remember the first time you showed me mm. the original and i believe it was a young girl singing it mm. and then i'd recently seen the translation mm-hmm. that was direct from the original language into english and reading what it actually was mm. and in, yeah it's it is just beautiful i think it's something that regardless of what you think or if, especially if you have a preconceived notion of this prayer mm. go and read the original directly translated mm-hmm. especially in, if you're into magic or witchcraft or anything like that mm. and i think you'll be very surprised at what you're reading yeah that's right so i hated it already because even at seven eight years old the way it was sold it didn't make sense to me i didn't like the fact that I was asked to think and develop my critical thinking at school, but then asked to shut it down when it came to religion mm. all the time. What I could yeah. think was like, you're doing it wrong. Which I know it sounds incredibly arrogant. I am absolutely aware of that. But it was, it was the truth at the time. Mm. That's what I was thinking. It was not really about it being the right 
thing to say or if it happened or didn't happen or yeah. if it was true or not true. It was this moment. deep feeling, that's not what this is. You're doing it wrong. This is not what this is. What the fuck are you doing? Anyway, but I didn't know why, obviously. It took me a long time <laughs> yeah. to find out why that was the case and that will be addressed in yet oh, another episode yes, down the line. Yes, exactly. Again, oh. we're, we're not kidding about the Jesus episode. It yeah, is it is coming. coming. So obviously... At one point, I decide to voice my questions to the Bible mom. That's how they were called at the time. And I get shut down sounding fucking fierce mm. because, you know, questioning shit is of the devil, all that, right? Yeah. No, 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 please. Do not poke at our stuff, even though we all know there's a lot of questionable things in there, but, oh, well, let's just ignore that. I'll be fine. Just repeat this as it says. Don't attempt to understand anything by yourself. Be a good mindless sheep, please. I'll be fine because, you know, if you don't magical sky daddy, we'll smash you down like the piece of shit that you are, you dirty evil sinner. Also smile. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> but you know, it was like that. It was absolutely fucking like that. And also, yeah. yes, thank you, well done me, for not breathing once during this <laughs> sentence. <laughs> One take. One take. Oh. If I'm going to die, mm -hmm. smashed by Sky Daddy, hopefully I can understand why this shit doesn't make sense first. Yeah, right? Yeah. Knowing also, as a note here, that I'm saying it like it doesn't matter. But it did. At the time, I had a lot of rage. I had a lot of resentment. This is all it did. What people shut me down, not answering my questions or telling me that I was a dirty sinner because I was questioning whatever I was being told. Yeah. Not telling them it was wrong. Simply asking why yeah. it was such a thing. Using discernment and rational thinking. Yes, logic, you know, yeah. logic, which technically would be something the Lord has given me but anyways how dare you use it to unpick everything exactly <laughs> exactly so it led to me being incredibly angry at everything because i did not understand why this had to be this way and what nobody seemed to be hearing what i had to say it was almost like well you're pissing in a violence so you might as well shut the fuck up and pretend you're going along yeah you know, and then if you have to die, you have to die. Remember, I was seven or eight at this point, and I still had that in my head because it made so little sense to me, and the resistance was so strong. Mm. But at the same time, I'm like, well, better lay low. You know, yeah. if I keep my head down, just maybe Sky Daddy will forget about me. Yeah, yeah just in case, case it it's real, real, because you Which know, I think it's a lot of people's attitudes. Just in case it is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just in case it's real, I'm just gonna you know sit down there anyway because yeah. that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So I decided to investigate this whole magic thing a couple of years later. Mm. And I feel the compulsion to go look it up on the very beginnings of the internet. Especially at this age, I wasn't really allowed to go out on my own very far. Yeah. Because it's a difficult city to live in. And it was difficult at the time in the 90s. It's even worse now from yes. what I know. So it wasn't one of these where you were free to go to your local library or whatever. It wasn't like that at all. That wasn't my childhood. Especially it was like you go to school, age, you yeah. come home, mm -hmm. you do your homework, etc., etc. So really, the only thing that was accessible at the time was the internet. Yeah. So old <laughs> the old school internet. Dialogue. So you have to be tricky and sneaky about it. You have to wait until your parents are out of the house. Uh -huh. Then you have to sneak into your father's office where the family computer is. You know, it, it, it was very uh, Tom Cruise, Mission oh, Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah, you know, like going in there, like, ta ta ta. Anyway, so I just sneak in the there, office. infiltrating the office and connect to the vast web that is the internet. And so I sit here and I click connect and it goes beep, 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 beep. 
and how there is a lot of doors which are shut and gatekeep and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I'm just not surprised. But anyway, yeah. for the Jesus <laughs> episode later. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> how many references can we make to the Jesus? <laughs> so like I said, the amount of information were also incredibly restricted at the time in France and not everything was translated. And while I already spoke French and English early in life, I, I don't really consider myself having a basic language. There's no home language or, or child language or birth language, whatever you call it. Yeah. It's like so early on, I had both languages that my French is not better than my English, which is terrifying actually, because I hear myself with my Franglish and I'm like, this is what happened. This is what happened yes, anyway. It's yeah. exactly what happened. So when I came across Fjol Hein and Chaos Magic, I was like, here's my ticket, man. Mm. Goodbye, motherfuckers. Yeah, it's like I had fun anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, I followed that and it absolutely gave me results that were not easy to explain any other way mm -hmm. so it's not that magic or this kind of witchcraft never paid off yeah there just wasn't any growth yeah. no real growth not the way this pathway spirit obviously gave me mm -hmm. in in five years there were five lifetimes worth of growth yes. compared to 20 years you know, really dabbling around with chaos magic to yeah, some degree and, and having results here and then. It was, yes, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I was also curious as of what I perceived to be mm -hmm. the dark side. Yes. And and I say that with a bit of a cringe, which yeah, nobody can that, see because right? this is audio yeah. only. <laughs> but, you know, it was I was 16 and it was what mm -hmm. it was at the time. Yeah, and And I thought, well, I heard about this dude called Anton Lavey in mm. the Satanic Bible from a website on Angel Fire, as you might have guessed it. <laughs> Legit. Yes. Geocities. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry, yeah, totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was it was definitely the legit type of website that you can totally trust. Yeah. That has this comic sense font in red on a black background. With those moving flame uh, gifts, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, and, and loud, poorly mixed Gregorian chants in the background, yeah, so you like get attacked by some kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, basically. No, listen, listen. If that's what you like, you do you. But I have to say, for a disclaimer, that I may or may not be able to restrain my designer instinct from vomiting at the sight of what you have created. <laughs> <laughs> If you're any kind of graphic designer, shout out because I know you will understand. Now, when people start searching for that kind of spirituality, it's often one of the first thing they will come across. Well, that and various forms of extreme Nazi assemblies, which I will skip on now, but let's say, yeah. especially at the time, it was fucking limited and only presented one way. You yes. only had one way. Yeah, well, same here. I started feeling the pull to something bigger and pondering questions, mm. as people often do, as you reach your mid-30s and, and all of these things. You start looking for a group or system of some kind mm. that will help me make sense of the world and myself within it. And given the upbringing, the obvious choice and what I thought as the most extreme choice as a mid-30s person. The Dark Lord! Is that, yes, <laughs> the furthest thing I could think of from my very, well, the extreme Christian sect I was raised in, it was, yeah, Satanism as well on my mm. side. There are different forms of Satanism. That's right, yes. Them. The form we are actually talking about is, as you mentioned, the Levian 
philosophy, philosophy yes uh, that I stumbled upon after watching the Hell Satan documentary on Netflix yes I think it was, or, yes or the, the Hell Satan things. that's right yeah, yeah. Uh, which is an interesting one. Yeah, it is, yeah. Also confirmed why it wasn't for me, by the way. I was sitting there like, I, no, I don't think so, man. Like, <laughs> That's kind of the reaction. That's right. Now, I would say that they are, they are doing interesting work, and from a political standpoint, I think they are definitely needed, you know, as a pillar yeah. there. But, but it wasn't just so much for the spirituality part of it. So I go to my local bookstore at the time, La FNAC, for any French listeners, which would be Barnes and Nobles, I'd assume in America, something along these lines. Mm. And they have a small spiritual section with a couple of Lavey's books and whatnot else. I, I honestly don't remember. But I pick up the Satanic Bible and already going there in person, mind you, <laughs> right? Having people watch me, uh -huh. or at least having the perception that I was being watched while buying this book. I mean, bloody hell, you know, it was like, like Cold War type, like maybe I'll be discovered or something like that. It's like buying your first porno magazine. And, and yes, they used to be printed. We, there was a time where one would jerk off to printed materials and not a phone screen <laughs> in the toilet. Just to throw that in. Yes, age check right there. I have an age check. Anyway, no, 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 we're moving on. Moving on. <laughs> That's an age check I didn't see coming. So anyway, I stood there, right? And, and I took it to the cashier downstairs who looked at me like I was the next Manson or some shit. Now, okay, look. I don't really believe that I look this threatening now. I sure shit didn't look threatening at 16. Many was like, as threatening as a light bulb. Quite really, right? And also I was dressing more hip-hop style because yeah. of the amount of dancing that I was doing. I was dancing a lot, you know, hip-hop and, and uh, jazz it was or whatever. Yes. I love this. And uh, before I kind of switched to the long black leather coat, but that's another story for another time. Yeah, yeah. well, the fashion <laughs> at that point in like the mid-2000s, you were generally it was Avril Lavigne skater boy oh, in yes. video uh -huh. or it was Celine from Underworld those were kind of two of the that's, main options at the yeah time. that's right that's right and Hellblazer as well but yeah. I didn't like the colour of the beige which is ironic really he's got this like yeah exactly but he's got this like beige raincoat thing going on yeah. and I was like ooh I don't like it but I like the long coat thing so I kind of went the selling yeah. type later on well, the long coats are very cool we both are kind of Yes, they're very nice. They're very elegant. Yes. Uh, with new rock shoes that I could barely lift. You know, remember the type? So yeah, that lasted about a week and then they were abandoned. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Yeah, you start dragging your, your feet around like uh -huh. you're a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's the look, man. Oh, just... It's not very ladylike to be dragging your own feet around. Oh, yes. You know, coupled with the red velvet leather corset and the baggy... Fucking military pants. Oh my yes, god. Anyway, for oh, another episode. Combat combat pants of early yeah. two thousand. It was it was a it was a phase. <laughs> yes, like the Quicksilver brand was doing quite well for Yes, yeah, back. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, this uh -huh. is not an education in mid two thousands fashion, but it's funny no. to go back <laughs> to memory lane. Like all of these things. Oh yeah. So I go back home holding this book under my hoodie, fearing what would happen if the cops stopped me right and found the book right you know so again this is a matter of perception and that says a lot about the power of your mind i am yeah i'm i'm walking around with this they called it um elephant legs jeans that's the right, french yeah, translation okay. but they were like flare jeans yeah, basically just, very wide just really wide and and low cut mm. and then you'd have some kind of cute hoodie on the top 
with possibly your string thingy just coming out the side, which I could never really do because it was just really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, who would want that on their ass crack? Anyway, completely unrelated. <laughs> Welcome to your darkest beige. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, you know, it, it didn't look very threatening. It was just uh, a typical 15-year-old teenage yeah. girl just going around. But in my head, I was like, I'm hiding this secret. Mm -hmm. Nobody must know that I'm about to read this book. This is completely forbidden, you know, and it was this whole thing. And oh, you could have put the music of the exorcist just as I walked back home, you know, it's this whole thing, man. I was like, oh my God, if they catch me, they found the book. Oh my God, she's carrying the Sethi Bible, huh? And especially within the community that I was a part of, yeah. France was barely out of our own satanic type panic, which wasn't yeah. even as bad as the UK or the US would have had mm -hmm. it. But it, it lasted it, quite a while. It really. lasted quite a while, and it wasn't as vocal in the media, but it was there absolutely. So and and you didn't want to sh the community itself, as opposed to that too. Also, yeah, that's national right. National media thing. It that's was right. More of a, mm -hmm. a local person-to-person -person type. That's right, and you yeah. would have been seen in in a bad way, really. Yeah. And even families that weren't truly religious, they would raise you. Like, don't turn the bread on the table. Don't, you know, yeah, do this. Don't take the yeah. Lord's name in vain. And mm -hmm. things like that. I was like, well, hold on. You're not even religious. So why? And I was like, well, it's kind of the thing. Yeah. So, Just in case again, right? Yeah. yeah. And you have to think of, of what happened in, in European history and things like that. And so it was very much part of the culture. Yeah. Even if people don't quite believe or not part of Christianity or anything like that is just yes. so ingrained everywhere. This Abrahamic conditioning is yes. what we called it. That yeah, is very absolutely. difficult to get away from it. Mm -hmm. And so in your head, you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm already going to be found out, you know? So the read itself was very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I had a weird vibe from the, the little Baphomet sigil at the front. Yeah, yeah, I looked at it and I was like, I'm not sure I quite like this, but I don't know why. And I thought, well, that's obviously my religious upbringing, you know, I mean, it's probably because of this whole thing yeah, so part of you is thinking i shouldn't be reading this it yeah be it's like a goat dude yeah, so why is this a problem but anyway yeah, like it was it's a connotation of it oh a goat and goat head yes another great as i read i found myself noting my head mm. right a lot and i was very surprised by this because i wasn't expecting that at all yeah. but he's exposing the hypocrisy yes. of some christians particularly the type that would go to church on Sunday with little Timmy and wifey, right? Yeah. Only to go fuck their assistant during the week and then preach to you that being gay is against God's law and you need to pray the gay away and, uh -huh. you know, if you're a slut if, if you do this or you do that or you date someone or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's just atrocious. And I was like, yeah, I know these people. Yes. I've grown up with these people. Yes. I was feeling the shadow of these people yes. all the time. And even though, you know, I was described as very sensitive... That will be in a shadow work episode. Yeah. But let's say I was picking up on things early in life without knowing what it was. Mm -hmm. There were things that were difficult to hide. And children can see a lot more than you realize, by the yeah. way. They're not idiots. No. Like, they know what's going on. And they might not be able to put it into words, but they feel it. And if your child is sensitive, there's a high chance you will pick up on this shit. And so. they also <laughs> have no filter up to a certain age, so uh -huh. they will just say things. Yeah, exactly. And then the adults will be like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you have to deal with the response of, of you just saying something out of a very innocent place. Mm -hmm. like, oh. And be gaslighted to fuck, and yeah, then you think well. that you're the one with the problem, because although, well, they all tell me that yes, it's not the, the case, I'm crazy, I'm wrong, so, I'm wrong, so I must be wrong. Mm -hmm. Exactly. His resentment spoke to me mm -hmm. to some degree. I felt understood. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't alone any longer. Somebody else had seen it. 
somebody yeah. else saw the hypocrisy that was there and exposed yeah, it. Validated what you felt your entire life. Essentially, That's right? right. Yeah, and at the same time, I was reading the satanic creeds and the tenets, mm -hmm. whatever they're called, and I was like. I can't get behind that. That's not quite right. You know, so I was like, well, that's strange because I understand what he's talking about. And to some degree, I agree with some of the ideas, yes. not all, some of the ideas exposed in this book, but it's not quite right. Like I couldn't get behind it. And mm -hmm. the first thing that comes to my mind, obviously, yes. well, you're just a scared little bitch, you know, like you're not sinister enough. You're not strong enough. This is why this darkness doesn't speak to you. It's your fault. Yes. It's your fault, totally missing the point again. Yes, but, you yes. know, another example of the fucking vitriol I used to give myself, it was, uh -huh. yeah, it even, like, yeah, at this age, age yeah. yeah, it started incredibly early. Obviously, in hindsight, with the knowledge of where this movement came from yes. and why it was born in the first place, you understand a lot more. His shadow resonated with my shadow at the time. And after the whole religious fiasco, I was like, well, since religion, mm. especially the type of the patriarchal son, dogmatic driven one, let's say, <laughs> were obviously very sinister in my eyes. Yes. I was seeing this because it was what my environment was about. Mm -hmm. And it was a good thing that maybe, I think it was a year or two years later, I left for Florida mm -hmm. and I was introduced to Christians. And I had to stay in this Christ, with this Christian family yeah, like who was American. absolutely wonderful. And, yeah. and the dad was a preacher. You know, it was the full-blown thing, right? And they were just incredibly kind people. Mm -hmm. And I remember I sort of semi-came out as a practitioner to their daughter who was curious. Yeah. And for the first time, she did not judge. Mm -hmm. She approached me with curiosity. She was a bit scared. Yeah. But she was like, okay, well, but I don't understand because... I know you now mm -hmm. and you're not a bad person. I, I don't, you know, we've been discussing, you're so kind. Yes. So surely you come. would dictate someone such as yourself is not mm -hmm. to be associated with and not to. That's you, right. You don't do these things. As that's right. In certain Bibles anyway. Mm -hmm. No, but that's <laughs> with, right. With and so. and witchcraft, yeah, do not associate with such types. And yet she was very kind and, you know, they even uh, treated me to an occult store in there and it was yeah. very funny. It was her and her sister and they went in there and it was just, oh man, it was so funny. And you know, it was one of these very new age shops with a lot of crystals, yeah. incense and Buddhas. Yeah, yeah, that, that's angel wing statues angel everywhere. Wing statues everywhere. There was nothing scary, remotely not. scary in there. But you know, for them, I mean, they, they did enter and, and they were holding each other on the arms like they were visiting, <laughs> you know, like the, how's it called? The sinister house at Disney, or haunted oh, yeah, house, haunted house, house. Like yeah, a haunted yeah, house attraction. Oh my God, something like journey, something. yeah. <laughs> It was so funny. So I didn't enjoy seeing them in there, I have to admit. Sorry if you're listening. I love you very much. But, you know, it's like... <laughs> well, it's funny it was you, funny. You broke each other's perception of, That's of right. what the other one was. So in your case, having to live with a Christian family and a, a very mm -hmm. Christian family mm -hmm. totally changed from the experience of what you had at school. Mm -hmm. And you were almost seeing this in the real world with, with uh, real people, quote-unquote, mm. as opposed to teachers and those in authority. It was someone you living with interacting with who's caring for you that's right and at the same time for the daughter anyway i'm sure they they may well have had some form of perception as to what witchcraft is and what practitioners are like mm -hmm. and how they would be these people that they should you know immediately fear and flee from well, yeah, she was like it's a phase yet, you're young yes exactly I was like, yeah. oh, sorry but, sweetie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really not. <laughs> it's a calling not a phase but yeah. anyway <laughs> but you know in that sense yeah it's a turn around and, and like but yeah you, i've known you for however long now you've been living in my house and mm -hmm. you're not 
threat. No. I don't feel any threat from you at all. No. And so I'm now curious. And on my side, is it, well, you haven't once attempted to force your views down my throat? Mm. What? And I can actually speak to you like a normal person? Yeah, you could probably ask a question and get a form of answer. Yeah, it was very, we are this, but we respect that you may or may not be this. And seeing you haven't made it clear that you were, they were just discreet with it. Yeah. And and I absolutely appreciated that. Yeah, and I'm very grateful that. to my path that I was introduced to these people mm. because it was like, well, see, your perception was that all Christian must be this way mm. because of the way this religion was presented to you. And it was good that early in life I was presented with something completely different. And that forced me to go back on my perception. And again, it was like, well, is it really the system? Or is it certain people that are yeah. preaching in a very particular way from a very self-righteous and, and arrogant yeah. way? That's how some people are using it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because of this, I thought, well, if, if the goodness and the true knowledge isn't in there for all the reasons that I mentioned, mm-hmm. where could it be? Mm-hmm. And obviously, in my mind, like yourself, I'm like, what is the first thing that I can think of from Christianity? Yeah. Satanism. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, even that I couldn't get behind and I don't want to be the same hypocrite that he described in his books. Yes. If I join and I give myself this label, even though I disagree with it. So I left it and I couldn't find anything else that really truly resonated that form of Satanism. And mm. I'm going to say it now, any other form of tastic Satanism, Luciferianism, all of that, it never truly resonated. On my side, when I, I very much had the idea in my mind, because once I rejected religion, I essentially rejected everything mm. that was theistic in any sense mm. or even philosophical so in my mind a satanist was akin to a black magician devil worshiper black magician you know what I mean? yeah like yes. these, these, <laughs> these things we we now yes poke fun at because yes. we understand that there is no such thing and also with the way i was raised that if if the word satanist was brought up that was the connotation attached it wasn't someone who was a part of this movement there was a political movement mm. It was, no, you're a devil worshipper. You want everything bad to happen. You're the reason everything bad happens. Mm. And you're just an evil person and God will kill you at some point. Mm. And I remember going, watching this video, uh, the the documentary, still being curious, even watching it and already having this unease at what I was feeling from the people within it or why certain people were there. And I, I, but I do suggest going and watching it, by the way. It's, mm. an it's a fascinating look into an organization that a lot of people probably don't understand That's right. the origins of and the purpose of. Now, it also does demonstrate other people who joined it and wanted it to be one thing it wasn't and then splintered off to their own thing. Mm-hmm. And seeing that kind of side of it, that was where I was like, oh, yeah. If yes. that's anything to do with it, sorry, I'm out. But I, I remember going to their website, reading the tenets and the sins and the rules. There were some I sort of outright disagreed with the uh, the concept of I couldn't get behind everything and because of the hypocrisy I'd seen within the religion I'd left at 16 mm. if I was looking for something I had this very Sith Lord mentality of absolutism <laughs> and if I, I called him already on yeah, that yeah, exactly. we were discussing this earlier. oh that's very Sith of you yes <laughs> only a Sith thinks in absolute yes, but yes. in this way I totally understand you know but it was this idea with what I was looking for at the time mm. If I was going to align myself with an organization or, or give myself a name mm. of something as to what my spirituality was or religion or faith, mm. and the word faith scared the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. If I couldn't stand 
with all of it. I couldn't mm. stand with any of it. Yeah. It was it was this thing, and in a way, I'm glad that that was there mm. because it did stop me from trying to fit myself into something that was never going to fit. Yeah, that's right. It was more a case of, okay, I looked at it, I took it very seriously, and I have decided it is not for me. And uh, as, as you rightly pointed out, I'm going to steal your bit here. Go for it. Because <laughs> at the time, I had no idea why it was started. I had no idea what it truly represented. And because of the rise of Christianity and a certain branch of it in mm -hmm. America, it was seen as a, a necessary opposition. And it was obvious when I look at it now with what I know now, but at the time I didn't know. I, and I was unknowingly actually looking for spirituality. And it was not going to be found within that organization, that kind of Satanism. Mm. And also other forms have not exactly spoken to me either. I was like, okay, so I know what I don't want, but I also don't know if what I'm looking for exists. <laughs> so it was a, well, it's hard it was, to find. Know, same when we were talking early on, and you mm. say, well, do you have any questions? And mm. I was so green. I didn't even know what questions to ask when we were talking about the reading you did for me. And you know, well, you, you can have three questions. I'll find out who your guide is regardless. <laughs> and I spent, what, two weeks trying to think of three questions to ask spirit. And I, I, didn't, I didn't fucking know. Yeah. That's a lot of people, though. Yeah. They don't know what to ask because, because it's so you alien. No it's so you have no concept of yes, what it could be. Apart not. from your projections that most likely come from films or yeah, religious background or whatever. Yeah, yeah, not completely. And it, you know, I wasn't looking to become dark edge lord of the world or anything, so it wasn't <laughs> how can I do this, how can I do that? It's a lot of people, and, yeah. and also, you know, if you try to look in different systems, I attempted the Goetia, for example, mm -hmm. and, and traditional ceremonial magic, mm -hmm. mostly from the Salomonic type magic. And that was just, I'm just reading the Bible, man, again, yeah. but the magical version of the Bible. Like, that was the feeling I had at the time. Crowley and the OTO, and I couldn't process more than one paragraph of that shit without falling asleep or yawning in exasperation. <laughs> so that was also a no. And yeah. I want to say here as well that it's not Crowley itself. It's it's a bit dry. Mm -hmm. I found he's, he's writing a bit dry personally. So, for example, it's easier for me to read someone like Kenneth Grant than mm -hmm. it is Crowley, yeah. even though Kenneth Grant is also dry in its own sense. I mean, yes, <laughs> it's, it's a very specific It's thing. a very specific <laughs> type, and so it will resonate with you or it won't resonate with you. Moved to London around 20-ish, mm -hmm. leaving it all behind. <laughs> for a career in the movie pictures um, <laughs> mind you behind the camera <laughs> and I meet this guy who's also a chaos magician but like the idea of demonolatry mm -hmm. the magic that he perceived to be of the left hand path mm. always involved sex and mm. you know it was like these demons are sold that way and sex and blood and lust that's what the left hand path is so again being sold a particular way for centuries mm. and none of this vibed with me at all mm -hmm. so we would always sort of clash on that when i went back to magic very seriously and had this absolute pull to do something and to take it incredibly seriously now was the time and mm. it was not something I could resist it was this absolute pull of fate if you could call it that yeah. way even though I don't quite like these terms yeah. either but I don't know how else to describe it because the pull was so strong I thought well I can't do it on my own yeah, I mean you know I don't even know what I'm doing and at the time I had come across as Connolly I had come across a few other people YouTube was a thing and, mm. and I could sort of look more into it not what I could do before. It, it just wasn't available to me and I was working to get this career mm -hmm. and I had kept magic on the back burner, yeah. let's say. And it's not, 
for spirit's lack of efforts to attempt to bring me back. Like, yes, there were, times <laughs> there were along the way. yes, there were tries here and there, which would be for another episode, which is very funny in hindsight to look back because, oh my God, it was so evident, yeah. but I was doing the best I could to completely ignore it for reasons of my own. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do with it. And I was looking for someone that would care for me, somebody that would take me by the hand, mm -hmm. somebody that I like, don't worry, we're going to do this stuff together, we're going to do these rituals together, yeah. it will be safe for you, mm -hmm. you, know, you won't have to sacrifice anything, yeah. you won't have to be not comfortable, because I will do that for you, you know, and mm -hmm. obviously Spirit was like, I don't think so, <laughs> you need to fucking move on, because, you know, it's not going to be the thing. There was so much shit out there. Everyone was selling their truth, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, this is the truth or, or this is what it is. And it was always <sighs> from this very, the powers of darkness or now mine, you know, whatever. Yeah, the, the marketing of the time. Right? Yes, it was the marketing and I just, I couldn't get behind that either. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't quite right. The other thing was, well, you know, if I cross the abyss with someone else, it won't be as hot now. <laughs> Completely misunderstanding <laughs> what crossing the abyss and magical alchemy was about. You know, it was like, well, I don't know what it is, but surely if we go together, it won't suck as much, you know? Like, yes. it's like no, luck, I don't think so. Good luck arriving at yes. the abyss. And my friend's coming with me. My friend's you. coming with me, yes. No, I don't think so, you yeah, know? If you look back, it was very much engineered. So eventually I would see what this was really about and I would start to move on my own because yeah. ultimately it was like, you don't need anyone else. You are strong enough. You mm -hmm. are powerful enough. You are courageous enough. You just need to realize this about yourself. Yeah. And that's what was really important. So Samhain 2018, I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. You know, it's been a long time. I think I fucked around for long enough. Yeah, like, <laughs> time, to time to get serious. You know, I felt like I was placating. I wasn't going anywhere. And, and if you read the graphic novel, you know, at this point, I was fully aware that I was yoloing everything and I wasn't happy where I was. Mm -hmm. I wanted something more. I knew there was something more. I just didn't know how to access it. You know, and I didn't really feel like going on forums online and things like that. It yeah, just didn't really... Out, no, it just didn't happen. feel quite right mm -hmm. either. So I meditate on this Lucifer sigil. Mm -hmm. And again, in the graphic novel, I will say it's episode uh, Lucifer part one and two mm -hmm. in chapter one. Yeah. And his sigil just popped out of seemingly nowhere. <laughs> One <laughs> day at work, seemingly nowhere, uh-huh, in quote. <laughs> and it wouldn't leave my mind. Mm. It absolutely wouldn't leave my mind. So I sit to meditate, just whispered the end. I was a bit apprehensive with the whole thing. So I was like, I'm just going to dip my toe into uh -huh. it, see what happens, just yeah. sit there. The hairs on your neck might stand up the first uh -huh. time you say it out loud. They did for me. And you're like, ooh, what's, ooh, this? what's going yeah. on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know this. I just whispered the end, you know, in the corner of the office I was working mm. into. So yeah, if I put myself where I feel safe. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make myself feel safe by just leaving my chair from work, sitting down my chair, because I know this environment, it's normal environment. Mm -hmm. Nothing can get me here. Yeah. I mean, I just work on production, that's fine. I just finished work, like it's fine. And I visualize this sigil in my mind's eyes while I'm just whispering this in. Mm -hmm. And a short time after, I see this child standing there, cute boy, right? Looking a bit shy with a sweet smile. Like a bit of a mischievous thing to him, you know, but, but nothing bad mm -hmm. at all, you know, or, or there's not yeah, such thing as good and bad. Yeah, anyway, you, you know, I don't feel frightened yeah. at all, but I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, it's like, you're not used to it. And the kid checks me out as mm -hmm. well. He's just checking me out. I'm like, what the hell is going on in there? And he turns into this beautiful being of light that comes, kisses me and disappears. 
And I'm like, I have wild ass fantasies, man. I need to calm the fuck down. Like this is like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? So I'm just, I don't understand. So I take my, my notebook. Become a fantasy novel character. Exactly. Yeah. At this point, I was like fan fiction of something. I must have seen somewhere. I was like, whatever, whatever. So I take a note of it with the caption. Careful, delusions of grandeur because Lucifer wouldn't kiss someone like me ever. Like, <laughs> ever. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> that also says where I was at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason why I, I need to say these things because I know there are a lot of you out there again that's going to, well, so-and-so is doing this and why am I feeling so bad or I'm not good enough this is why I can't yes. do it and, and you know they blame themselves left and right and they're like I'm too scared I'm too this I'm too that and, mm. and it's like no man this shit is hard and especially when you come from a background where there was nothing yeah. or heavy religious bringing if your environment wasn't with you if the resistance is everywhere mm -hmm. but within yourself yes. give yourself a break yeah. this shit is alien it is hard and it's normal if you find it very difficult again we repeat ourselves a lot in this podcast but there's a reason for that <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. we need people to realize because it takes a while for these things to sink in you can hear mm -hmm. them you understand the words from an intellectual level mm -hmm. but a part of your brain still reacts with oh, yeah, but I'm still useless or yeah. whatever yeah. your personal vitriol may be yeah that's right so the next weeks after that I'm pulled into doing a box and a charm with a sigil on it mm -hmm. and then I leave it because I don't know what to do with it. It was this weird thing. I was like, and now is the time to do this. And so I know what to do. And then I've done it. And now what? And now what? And nothing. And I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I leave as well. At least it's a pretty box, you know, whatever. I did some craft and <laughs> construction thing. So I decided to do the meditation thing again. But this time I had a candle and it was almost an evocation, mm -hmm. but not quite but you know, dramatic lack of self-esteem mm. again. And I was so scared of opening my eyes, man. Yeah. And I was feeling bad as well. Cause I'm like, what the hell? I'm like in my late twenties at this point. And I'm scared of opening my eyes. What the, f and I'm here in my apartment. This is pathetic. You're pathetic. What can you not open your eyes? Like literally yeah. all the time, the vitriol was just, yeah, even starting then. But I was like, well, it's stupid to think that some fire and brimstone pick for guy is going to pop up you know, from the floor and yeah. fuck me up or something, you know, but I had a heart palpitation and my mind were racing with all the wild stories, mm. fear of being attacked, even though at this point I did not consider myself, again, the result of any type of Abrahamic conditioning, mm. which was absolutely there by the time and the horrible dogmatic type as well, but yeah. it was very well hidden and it took me a while and a lot of shadow work to unearth all of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's really quite the story. Uh-huh, but I didn't consider demons to be evil or dangerous or anything like that i didn't mm -hmm. really have that it's just curiosity mm -hmm. but again because i didn't know it was this kind of fear of the unknown maybe yeah. or what could happen and again no control over my mind and so my mind being plagued by yeah but yeah but yeah but oh my god open your eyes oh my god open your eyes you're doing this it might be dangerous if anything I was of the mind that God and angels were the horrible bullies, mm -hmm. right? So what I have to do is befriend who I thought I could relate to, the rebels, the black sheeps, you know, mm -hmm. the one that don't fit anywhere, that never fitted anywhere. And that was my view at the time. I desperately wanted power over myself. I wanted better control. I wanted healing. 
and I wanted knowledge. Mm -hmm. I wanted yeah. to understand, yeah. like the drive to truly understand and to follow the truth behind everything that we had here yes. that was hidden behind all the religions and all the path that was there. It was such a drive. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I didn't really figure out the true, like deep healing that I needed, yes. it was sort of surface shit at this point, but you know, it was there and that's what yeah. made me start. So it boiled down to perhaps there is more to the story that what people currently say, mm -hmm. you know, whatever quote unquote side was talking about it, mm -hmm. perhaps it's not what it seems. And I have to see for myself because I cannot take anyone's opinion of any of this shit as my own until I have actually done it. I hate these people that were bitch about a book or a film because everybody else does it. Yeah. And it's like, but you haven't seen it. It's like, don't bitch to me about Twilight if you haven't sat down and watched all of the films so you can talk about it. Yeah, you, you must sacrifice your, yeah, to you have, have the ability to bitch. You don't have the right to complain about how about it. I had this weird survivalist, survivalist? I can't survivalist. Even, survivalist. The number of times in this podcast where Nathaniel here would correct my phrasing is just amazing. Only if you ask. Only if you ask. <laughs> survivalist mindset here we go i did it Woohoo! with magic so i was like what's the point of having this if i need a million things and tools and why not to make it happen mm -hmm. right i want to be able to attract protect defend whatever you do with nothing anywhere anytime mm -hmm. surrounded by whatever i don't want to have the excuse of well you know i can't do this because there's this this is no. it's like if you dropped me naked in the ocean yeah with just a wood stick of something, you know, uh, a la MacGaver, I'd be yeah. able to call on spirit and do magic to get out of my situation mm -hmm. without anything else. I would be my own tool, yes, right? Exactly. And not feel sorry for myself because without my crystal, my powders, my cauldron and whatever else, like I can't do shit. And this mm -hmm. is not what I wanted. This is how you make yourself the magic, isn't it? That's right. Yes, I wanted to be calm. And I think this mindset kind of came from hearing the Damien Eccles story. Mm -hmm. And I heard it when I was quite young, this whole thing. And yeah. it really touched me at a much deeper level. And it was like, you know, oh my God, this guy who was said to be in magic. And obviously, if you look into the story, there's a lot more to that. Oh, and it wasn't really what it was. It's, yeah. it's tragic. It's, it's uh, horrifying. It's horrifying. That happened That's all. right. We might disagree on a lot of things, but somebody who survived death row for 18 years and gets himself out with magic has all of my respect yeah, because you know it's it's incredible yeah. the story is quite incredible obviously from my very young mind i thought if someone finds out i'm gonna end up like damien mm -hmm. you know it wasn't about the murders or anything like that yeah, it was yeah, just what my mind yeah. picked up on and i was like oh my god like i need to be able to just be as powerful as i can as quickly as i can and not be relying on anything in case i find myself stripped from everything mm -hmm. and it was very important so i did this and then i felt exhausted after saying like the end three times which you showed where i was also like, <laughs> right? i was like oh i said it three times and now i'm exhausted <laughs> yeah and it was like someone was sitting on my shoulders mm -hmm. like the earth gravity was turned all the way up right so i decided to lay there on the floor and i'm like I'd, i'm not sure i feel comfortable i wasn't mm -hmm. scared it wasn't aggressive it was just so alien. Yeah. That's the only way I can describe it. I didn't know what to do with it. I was just like, well, I know it's there. I can't deny it's, it's not there. Like, it is there, but I don't know what the hell is going on. So 
I felt kind of uncomfortable because it was so unknown. So I decided to laugh it off, which is a common form of banishing in chaos magic. Once you've done your ritual, you would just laugh it off like it's a complete joke and you would just move on. But I tried that and I stopped straight away because I felt it's like when you make a joke at the worst possible moment, it sort of feels <laughs> yeah. flat. And I was like, yeah, oh you shit. Laugh, like, yeah. laugh and then you instantly stop yourself yeah. because everyone's looking at you. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, I don't know why I feel my this is, was wrong. Yeah, my bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> and it was funny that something was even there because mm-hmm. also, mind you, I kept messing up the words because it's, it's, it's a strange language. It's not something you're used to. So yeah. I was like, Rurnik, uh, Tas, tasa, ub, like whatever it was, and I was just like, oh man, I don't even know how to pronounce that correctly. I'm probably messing it up. He's not gonna come because my pronunciation is not correct and things like that. But also had this deep feeling that it wouldn't fucking matter. Fighting my heart and my mind. Yes. So deep within my heart and my heart center, it was this feeling. It doesn't matter. Just say the words. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. Intent behind it. Once Intent again. behind it once again. Whereas my mind was coming up with all these things like, no, he's not going to come. He's not going to come because you're messing it up. It's like, you can't do it properly. You're not there, but whatever. So just in case, because I was raised a polite person, which I know might surprise a few people, but I do have manners. Yes, they're very, very high standards. <laughs> so I decided to speak out loud and I said something along the lines of, I'm sorry, I don't know Latin, because for some reason that was important. Because again, it was the yes, way it was sold, uh-huh. you know. It's like, oh, you must speak in the way you do your spell work and the way you speak to this entity as thy shall, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. like old English and all that. I was like, well, I don't know any magical language. I can barely speak basic English, really, in terms of conversation. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not that, yeah, it's, been, it's fine, you know, but it's not um, Shakespeare English, let's say, right? Yeah. It would have been a lot more difficult for me to come up on the spot with a way to... (laughs) You know, it was was more like this. Just in case you were wondering, it is absolutely not necessary. Absolutely not. So I go, well, uh, Lord Lucifer, if it's you, please bear with me, right? I'm a very limited human right now. I don't know what's going on. I am plagued with fear and my limitations, so please help me so we could start chatting or something mm-hmm. it was it was just literally okay if it was a person that was obviously higher than me in, yes. in a hierarchy of some sort you would show yeah showing respect i was showing respect mm-hmm. but i was like i'm just going to tell you what's going on because for me mm-hmm. it was more important to be incredibly clear in my yeah, intent it was like look true. i know that i'm lacking i know where i am right now well i thought i know yeah. <laughs> But, you know, at least as much as I was able to process where I was. And and I'm thinking to myself, so you know what? Like, if he's annoyed, right, because I don't know what I'm doing, even though I'm taking massive action and massive effort to do the best I can, to be the most courageous I can, to do this shit which is not explained, completely alien, with all the things that I have... He's worse as this angel god thing, so I might as well stop now, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. like, I don't think so. If me not knowing what I'm doing is going to upset him because uh-huh. it's my first time. It's like, oh my god, I'm triggered because yeah, in your like, first time you, you can't you get it right. Like, the no. first time you call me, how dare you? Uh-huh. Common fear, mind you. Common fear. Well, yeah. That's right. But all I had was this feeling that I had been heard mm-hmm. and it'll be okay. And then the energy just lifts like this. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, well whatever like i don't know what happened 
happen. Because again, I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to process this. Yes. I have no yeah. real magical foundations. Mm -hmm. Again, very little amount of people yeah. to talk to about this, etc., etc. Didn't actually start until after contact, as we mentioned in previous that's episodes. Right. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. All the structure right. we've been asking others to start with. Yes, it was given to why. me by spirit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> is also why, why I'm like, yeah, don't let spirit give you that structure, yes. man. Like, yeah, it's it's not for everybody. <laughs> but <laughs> it was needed at the time. So the next time I'm making time to stop procrastinating <laughs> and finally sit for another ride, it's February 2019. Mm -hmm. And I ask for things to be revealed in my life, you know, secrets and things that would help me have a clarity of mind, that would help me see clearly what was going on mm -hmm. and who I was, not who I perceived myself to be. It worked incredibly quickly, Lucifer. And, <laughs> and I could see aspects of myself clearer than ever. I can't deny that. Like my brain at this point cannot come up with more stories as of why yes. this would not be a thing. There's still some resistance to it though. It's like, well, maybe I'm just clever. But you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because maybe I said something unknowingly. Exactly. You, yes. Yeah, because my man is still attempting to see. protect me from yeah, something that it sees as a potential threat which is growth, it's, it's easier for you to think that it's still not real. Yes. Even though you know deep inside you that this shit is here, but it's so much easier to tell yourself it's not, yeah. it's not working and whatever. And at the same time, so again, I'm starting to have more and more disagreement with you know, that friend that I mentioned earlier, and I wanted to take this very seriously. I wanted to see if that was really there if there was something to it or if it was just what people were describing psychology as just archetypes of the mind, you know, yes, is magic okay. just intellectual masturbation in cosplay mm. or is there more to it? And at this point, I'm still not sure. At this mm. point in time, I'm like, well, I had resolved before, but you know, perhaps it's just a way that you make your brain see something, you know, especially yeah. with sigil work as well. Course, like, you yeah. know, your brain, fucking fantastic. Mm. And it just looks at, enormous amount of information at the same time more that you can consciously realize yes the subconscious sees all exactly yeah. and so it's very interesting because again loving science as i do i'm looking into it and like well you know maybe it's just a way to convince your brain to perhaps make you look at what you truly want and so you start seeing it more mm -hmm. and people at the time didn't know what the brain could do yeah. so they explained it as you see if you pray to so and so or such and such archetype yes. then this is what happens so like if you buy a red car you'll suddenly see all the red cars on the road exactly and you do a sigil idea, to right? see this and so your brain will know to look for this yes. information and point it out to your conscious mind exactly mm -hmm. and so you oh my god you know I've seen it and things like that so obviously there is some of that in some form of magic yes. I will not discard it yes absolutely however yeah. this is not what hair magic is no, at all really like not it's magic. not at all what this is <laughs> however you know this this was my explanation at the time and i was also using as an excuse to make sure that i would stop myself mm -hmm. from doing anything more i still had this pull within mm -hmm. that was like yeah but there's it was like somebody was whispering in my ear it's like there's more to it there's more to it i promise there's more to it if you give us a chance no, there's more yeah. to it keep going there's more to it and i'm like what the hell you know it's not that i was hearing it it's not yeah, you don't know, no, hear voices or anything it's just a feeling that there's something more I was trying to talk to him about it. You know, oh, maybe, you know, he knows something or, or maybe he would want to do it with me. But the more I was attempting to talk to him about it, the more he was almost trying to convince me out of it. You yes. know, it's like, well, it's not true. You know, it's just that, you know, it's just the brain that does this, right? Like, you know, it's not this and that. Even though he actually had himself 
at least one experience where he wasn't sure about what happened in terms mm -hmm. of, of spirit and stuff like that. But he didn't really know what it was, and so it was it was a bit of a confusing thing. And mm -hmm. and I thought there was himself otherwise as well. Kind of, yeah. And he he was more really getting into the chaos magic side, mm -hmm. and and whenever it was ceremonial, it was. Uh, let's say for reasons that were not, <laughs> not going to lead to enlightenment. Yes. <laughs> that way, so. Maybe a brief moment. Maybe a brief moment, exactly. <laughs> La petite mort, anyway. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, you know, the call of Lucifer was not going away at all. Mm. It wasn't going to go away, so I had to make a choice. I can keep this going on, or I can just sit here and, and decide what kind of relationship I want to have with magic. Yeah. Do I want this casual relationship when I'm going to be a dabbler again, which mm -hmm. I've done for 20 years, really, because I can't describe it any other way? Or am I going to be serious about it? And if I'm going to be serious about it, it's going to require sacrifices. And at this point, I made the decision, and it was super clear in my mind. And I said, I want to know. Mm -hmm. And from the moment I decided... I did not deviate from that, and I knew there was going to be sacrifice. So I was like, yeah, I know I'm going to lose this guy, obviously. I know I have to let him go. I know also I have to let go, perhaps, of more people, which ended up being the case. You know, it's like I let go of the relationship, I let go of plenty of things, because it, it did not, it wasn't what it was anymore. Yeah. It just, it could work with where I was going. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of sacrifices that came from this. Yeah. But that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was like, yeah, but I want to know. Yeah. This is important. I'm going the right way. I don't know why. There's no tangible yes. you know, proof that this is it, apart from this feeling that never goes away. And it becomes more painful to ignore it yes. than it would be to face my fear, sit down, and bloody do it, you know, and yeah, do it seriously. Absolutely. Yeah, it's more scary to look the other way. Mm, that's right. So by then, you know, I had opened a few circles here and there, mostly YOLO again, you know, and it's not that I wanted to YOLO on purpose, I wanted to take it seriously. Well, you just didn't have your structure at that point. I just, well, yeah, I was kind of doing the demonolatry circle that we yeah. mentioned in the previous episodes. I was apprehensive yeah. the whole time, every time, yeah. you know, I was like taking more time to get into a ceremonial dress, you know, that I had. It was just a normal uh, dress in black, but I just decided it was my ceremonial dress because it was very comfortable. And I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to make that. Butterfly in my stomach, mm -hmm. my mind going, what if, what if, what if, what if, you know, and then, oh, if only I was better at doing this, then surely I could go and do something better or, or some higher magic, but I, I don't know how to access this. Like, I want to know what else is there. I don't want to just do spells here and there to do whatever I want to go higher mm -hmm. and it was always the thing it's like yeah. there, there must be something and it was just killing me at the time it was like I, why am I thinking this this is stupid yes. like what's every, going every on question leads to more questions oh and yes so yeah you, you dig at the why and uh -huh. you find that's right so finally we're the 4th of June 2019 and, and now weirdly enough I had no circles when I called on Lucifer that mm. day Originally, I sat down for a short meditation because I was a bit tired. It was nothing serious. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Today, it doesn't really matter. And uh, the N wasn't even out of my mouth. <laughs> Boom, he was there. It was yeah. just like clear as day is my mind's eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least as clear as I could see things back then, yes. you know. And right off the bat he just called me out of my shit man like right off the bat right there no fucks given he was incredibly kind yeah. right just very firm like tough mom and so he says you need to have certainty within yourself it isn't my job or anyone else's to prove to you we exist or magic works mm -hmm. 
doubt will give doubtful results. You know, wishy-washy. You won't move forward until you've taken the flame from within. And this duality in belief is a weakness. You have to look within. You doubt and you're scared. You have the fashion and the pantry, but it's a facade. It's a mask. You lack the resolve, the certainty at the core. Stop doing shit half-ass. Like you have to be fully in, fully there, like fully dedicated when calling or doing anything. That's how you put power behind your intentions. True strength comes from within. Like I felt that, called out, man. Like, <laughs> the fact that that is the first words you hear directly from spirit is like, okay, I'll go fuck myself up. Yeah, I was like, damn. <laughs> and he was totally on point, obviously. And it's a good thing that I was already doing jujitsu at the time for a while, you know, because <laughs> yeah. leaving the ego at the door is the primary rule. Absolutely, yeah. So I had to sit with myself and, and ask myself why. I was kind of a bit triggered by what he said and I was like, well, you know, there's, there's maybe there's some truth to it and stop cosplaying as the magician. Like if you want to take this seriously, if you truly want to be a magician, you, you want to have this relationship with spirit, you want to understand, you have to take this shit seriously. Yeah, so you have to abandon being a child and step into being an adult. And again, that means sacrifice. That means some form of suffering because you're going to be uncomfortable. It's all new. It's alien. You're going to have to push for things that makes you, yeah, very uncomfortable mm -hmm. that you perhaps scared to face. Yeah. But that's how you're going to grow. Yeah. Your so, ego is going to be challenged immensely. Uh-huh. Especially in the beginning. Yeah, that's right. I cried a lot though. So <laughs> I cried so much. But not because I felt threatened mm -hmm. and not because I was sad. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and I was a mess as well. And I was like, but why am I crying? Like, I just didn't understand what was going on. And he's like, well, you know, it's, it's how you kind of process the energy sometimes. Because again, it's so alien. It's not something you're used to. And it's such a, it's overwhelming sometimes. Oh, you yeah. know, especially because I didn't have a circle. Because I had no technique or anything yeah, yeah, that I was like really taking seriously. No, obviously. none of that. What do you mean? None of that. That came after because yeah. Hecate was like, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. So <laughs> never mind. So yeah, there was some of that. There was some of that Tony called out. Tony calling myself out in my own podcast. <laughs> well, that's the point. I mean, that's the point. That's absolutely the point. Because we're addressing things that we can, I think, quite safely assume, which mm. is not something we will very often do. That if we have experienced these things, then others have as well. That's right. But you look at someone as to where they are now, and you may have no idea that things were certainly at one point incredibly difficult, or that they had all of this self-doubt, mm. self-hatred, this loathing within themselves from the shadow that built up. Because you're seeing the end results, especially if they're in a position of authority within something. Most people do not talk about the dirty days, the yes. early days the bits where they weren't good, the times they sucked, the times they were scared, this is somewhat the point of mm -hmm. this entire thing. That's like, right. What has not been talked about? Mm. What are the or very little. Mm. Yes, yeah, so or very little. It could be quite difficult to find, quite possibly because people are worried about talking about it mm. because of what someone else might think or who might come at them or what have you. Well, yes. I shall not be seen as the dark lord I am. Not really, no. But, you know, it's just... Uh, 
<laughs> you know, I get it. You know, I yeah. get it. If that's your marketing, then you might not want to uh, to let people know. In here, that's the whole point because yeah. I want you to know that you're not alone. Yes. That this shit is hard. The it, it, that's the whole point. If you take it seriously, it will be hard. Mm-hmm. You will hit a lot of resistance. That's the point because resistance makes you grow. So yes. it's what you do with it, not really what it is. But also, I kind of wanted to ask him... <laughs> how he wanted to be represented in my illustration because you know at the time i also took it as an excuse okay well you know what i don't really know what to ask him so i'm yeah. gonna ask him how how do you want to be drawn like whatever you know it's all the only thing i could think of and obviously <laughs> i was doing illustration at the time and yeah. I was like, well that makes sense and so he's like well you know obviously yeah i want to be represented in in a classy way I'm not Mickey Mouse or whatever. And I thought he meant I'm not Michael at first. I was like, ooh, digging the tea right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, damn, man. I was like, first contact, what's going on? Also, total shout out. This illustration is totally in the shop, by the way, if anyone is interested in uh, checking it out <laughs> it's yes, like from it's first cool. contact. Just not in the original, so I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, it is a stunning, it is a stunning piece. Why, and, thank you. Uh, I didn't. Th- think he was going to look that way and I didn't have any expectations of what he would look like or not look Mm. like and so it was interesting to just have this dude you know with his suit uh, looking very crisp certainly very different from most other representations you'll Mm. see of him or even from the old grimoires Mm. aspects of the path that I was steered away from even in S. Connolly's books I would read the description of an entity mm. and then when it came to their appearance my brain would go no don't look away look away look away and then going back and reading some of them later after having seen my own well being given my own image of them by the entity you go hmm interesting that's mm-hmm. nowhere near the thing I'd read about or that I saw and experienced and, and especially the way they show themselves to you has always had a very unique touch to it mm. that is, is beautiful for one thing and always Thank so you. nicely captured in these art pieces that we're talking about so mm. yes go check it out in the shop people <laughs> <laughs> end of promotion end of promotion can we get to my bit oh god yes <laughs> but you know it, it took me a few days to come to term with what happened mm. first what I'd seen Exactly yeah. for the reason that, you know, you describe. And so from, from this first experience, I decided I was going to attempt to stay as clear as I could in my mind's eyes, not have any expectations mm-hmm. and be like, please come at me like you would want to be represented. Yes. And also it was interesting to me to see how my filter would perceive their energy and I thought okay I'm gonna take this also as an exercise Mm -hmm. to know a little bit more about myself like when one of them comes at me and shows itself then I'm going to do my best to represent them as close to what I saw Mm -hmm. with perhaps a little bit of my design sense you know on top of it oh I feel like that's good for them and then you know if there's no resistance to it's going to be there because of what he said and you know with spirits it's never one-dimensional at all it's always something much deeper than what you understand the first time so you really have to sit with it and sometimes it's not that it's a riddle Mm -hmm. it can be pretty straightforward but you need to sit with it and and really take your time that's right it wasn't simple nor easy but again the difference was that i faced these fears the idea of knowing and growing and becoming everything that I was finally letting this potential 
that for the entirety of my life I felt was crushed and restricted so much through every facets of my life. And finally with magic, I was like, okay, this is hard, but <gasps> I can breathe. Like finally I can breathe. This is the mm. thing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go full into it. Like yes. I'm not wasting one more second of my life as it is. So that's it, you know? Yeah. And, and obviously that's the reason why it was, uh, it was a constant thing after that. But it's interesting to understand where your fear comes from and to work around it so you take action. It's important as well to understand your mind. It is very, very important. So I'm going to reference two books here, mm -hmm. which are very, very good, which I recommend, which will be in the description box below, as usual, which are called Not Nice and The Art of Extraordinary Confidence by Dr. Aziz Gezipura. And it's got something uh, incredibly funny that sticked with me when I read that. that it's called the safety police yes. that he calls, right? The way he talks about it is that he explains that your mind doesn't want to predict the future. That's not what your mind is here for. That's something you learn with divination, sort yes. of. But that's not really also how the future works. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not what the future is and then uh -huh. why not. And your mind projects a, a potential future to keep you safe at all time. Yes. And this safety prevents you from taking action therefore keeping you safe because your mind doesn't really care about growth your mind wants you to be comfortable because being comfortable equals safety it wants you to wake up tomorrow exactly <laughs> and so your mind doesn't really make the difference between no, you're being attacked by a lion and you know i might want to meditate on why i'm doing these things that perhaps i should stop doing that will make my life better your mind doesn't really quite mm -hmm. differentiate between the two don't say you will try Yes. trying is weak it's like a weak dabbling thing it's like i'll put some effort into it but i've already sort of decided that it wasn't going to work so i'm not really going to push You've it already given yourself an out by not putting full effort in. yes exactly so instead just be clear with yourself just say you know what this this bit here is too scary for me now i'm not ready to experience this much discomfort mm -hmm. that's okay again nobody's judging but you yeah, so you're being honest with yourself in that moment you being good. honest and that's good that's what we want mm -hmm. so instead pick something that is less scary and start with this yes work up to it and if it's too scary then start something with less scary like pick up where you are and what you want to do but do it yes. do it you start with this and like i'm a little bit scared so i'm just going to start with this make it easy with myself and then you know your mind's like oh look you've done it and now it's fine okay yep. so maybe i've done so this scary still thing safe, yep. still safe maybe i can try this one you know and this is how you sort of train your brain to move forward and sometimes you'll have this other resistance that people have when they go well that's a bit too simple that's that's stupid i'm not going to do that like either i do the scary thing or i don't you know i'm not a pussy like whatever yeah. fuck and you're like okay well but do you want to do this tiny scary thing again like that's funny to me that you would use this excuse of you know whatever mm -hmm. To not do if the tiny so scary thing. Easy, why don't you do why it? Why don't you do it? Yeah, exactly. You're ready for the bigger thing. Exactly. <laughs> Remember to just be aware of why you may or may not want to do something. And if you're not ready for it, you're not ready for it. But don't go ahead and just give you all of these excuses that just keep you exactly where you are. It's not going to lead you to any growth. And sure, shit ain't going to lead you to have the kind of relationship that you would want or try to want to have with any of these spirits. Mm. Hey, and now my bit is finally fucking over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, on to 
to my side. Yes. And you know what? I'm going to start the same way Excellent. you started all those hours ago. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 25 hours. <laughs> <laughs> 25 hours and 20 pages of notes. Exactly. Try to condense a lifetime into... I know, okay. right. Never mind. Oh, Just skipping over. So difficult. Uh, but yeah, so once upon a time in... in actually, why don't, why don't you say where it was? It was once upon a time <laughs> in the Hampton of the Wolves. <laughs> Okay, so for everyone else, that is Wolverhampton, which is up in the Midlands. If you're not familiar, <laughs> she just can't pronounce it It's for hard, shit. man! It's so hard! <laughs> Who the fuck came up with this name in the first place? Well, I don't know. I d- yeah, I'm not going to even try. It's fine. <laughs> it's in the WHP, man. <laughs> in the Midlands? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes, moving on. So yes, in Wolverhampton... <laughs> This is early 2021, very unhappy during lockdown as the world was, Mm. as many were, Uh, even though my life actually didn't really change during lockdown because I worked from home at the time as a costume maker, which meant I basically lived in a 12 by 8 shed. Mm. Therefore, when you don't leave the house, the fact that you cannot for legal reasons doesn't really affect you all that much. Yeah, true. So the world had obviously changed with COVID and there were added pressures that were becoming overwhelming and exacerbating issues that were already there. Mm. Uh, like a lot of people had that, we, mm. we know, there's, there's a reason the divorce rate went up during <laughs> these times. What do you mean now I have to face somebody that I fucking yes, hate exactly. over this time? All of a sudden <laughs> people are realizing, oh, this person I married however long ago, actually, yes. I'm pretty careful. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> and so for me anyway, it was a lot of self-hatred Mm. self-sabotage destructive habits and Mm. destructive excuses Mm. as to why I couldn't or shouldn't do certain things I wanted to do in my life or the career Mm. had always Mm. been a big sticking point you know I'm not good enough I'm not fast enough why would anyone hire me all of these things coming up did you do a portfolio yet? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? You and I met at a makeup uh-huh. artist trade show in that's London right. for the industry yes. way back in what, 2014. Oh, and yes, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was a brief interaction, but then we'd see each other in consecutive years. Mm-hmm. Already and, there was a pain in his ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, first, the first interaction we ever had that first time you were giving me shit because the magazines you wanted had already it been sold. It wasn't serious I, shit. I, I knew it wasn't serious <laughs> shit, but that was what made it made me laugh and what made you, you yeah, know, that interaction yeah, yeah. stick out, which is why you know mm. discovered later that night you were a mutual friend of um, mm-hmm. Mitch, as, yes. as we refer to her, mm. in uh, forward of Vampire yes. Ego, and so that's how we got to know each mm. other over a very very long period of time. Mm it was this thing with me and, and wanting to work deeper in the industry of, mm. of the film the industry of film <laughs> the industry of the film, film. Industry. of the motion pictures <laughs> <laughs> the motion picture art <laughs> <laughs> and so yes these were my fears and, and the things I would tell myself mm. to not pursue certain things I'd wanted to pursue so I was depressed as fuck frankly mm. and, and the, some of these things and obviously there are going to be moments where we talk about heavy and dark topics and, and some of these things have already come up, but mm. I was incredibly suicidal mm. and unhappy at home and with work, even though the work had started as a dream job, mm. 
the business had grown in a way that allowed my partner at the time and I to throw ourselves into it in, in order to escape ourselves and like so many people we'd ended up drifting apart which made everything just uncomfortable as fuck mm. and I genuinely would have walked into traffic at that point but because of COVID lockdown there literally wasn't any damn and like, <laughs> that is the only reason I hadn't done mm, it mm. You know, these things are going to be addressed more when it comes to That's us right. talking about our shadow work and, mm-hmm. and we are going to be quite open and frank and, and it's going to be quite brutal, but it's it's necessary, mm. again, to talk about these things that don't get talked about for no, others right. who are feeling this way, everything we ended sort of the, your segment with. And, and so cut to May of 2021... And you post on Facebook about Empire Vertigo mm. and what you've been working on. Coming out. Yes, you, this was your coming out. <laughs> as this, so this is the, the post talked about in episode one. Mm-hmm. And, and that piqued my interest for all the reasons I talked about in episode one. And the one thing that stopped me for a long time from going forward, though, for months, frankly, if we're honest, was separating religion from spirituality. And this was one of the first things he said to me, and it was one of these things that really had to sink in. Uh, you know, being hypocritical, as I said earlier, wasn't something I wanted. And I felt I would be if I became spiritual after rejecting for 20 years these things of mm. my youth. And especially it was a huge fuck no to the idea of going back to Jesus in quotes. <laughs> Uh, you know, again, insert mm-hmm. more on that in the Jesus episode. Like, yes. we're not joking. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few, sorry, a few days after replying to that Facebook post, they talk about terror moments. I, I, the business disappeared. Five weeks after that, my relationship ended. Mm. And I was left in this aftermath of, of rubble around me from... Mm this huge tower moment, which I didn't even understand the concept of because I didn't know what tower was or any of this shit. <laughs> and it was something later, I think, you talked about that. Well, yeah, that was the tower moment in your life. And mm. again, I didn't even own a tower deck at that point, so I wasn't quite sure of the context. Again, that's how green I was. Mm. But the call was really strong, though. And as more episodes of EV were released, I couldn't help but be more and more drawn to it especially any panel that featured Maria, who mm-hmm. was Hecate. And as we kept talking, you finished up her gateway, Hecate's Call, this yes. amazing fucking art piece. And I, you know, we'd been talking for a while and I loved the project and was so interested in magic and I wanted to support you in some way as well. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd been looking for something, a specific thing mm. from your offerings and there, because of the process needed for these kind of art pieces, there weren't originals in the same sense. No, and they take like three months styles. to make. Exactly. They weave like, with magic and with art. Exactly. So. so it wasn't as if... Because generally with artist friends, I, I very much enjoy owning originals mm, that's as right. opposed to prints because it's the original, it's the thing, right? You but, have Lucifer. <laughs> yes, I do have Lucifer. I'm incredibly grateful um. for it. I think, yeah, because it was was one of the exceptions in a way that's right yeah. but even looking at that the lines that mm. were there and then what it ended up being a lot was still added to it later that's on right. but anyway i was looking for this thing and one day you posted a preview on instagram of this piece and it was just the center the center section of, of you and big ben mm. you know no no hints no imagery of hecate no 
mentioned probably in the hashtags it was like this just thing I'm working on mm. but I saw that video and I, that's the piece right there mm. that one no fucking clue what it was going to look like in the end but I had you know it's a red coat man it, well, yeah, I, I didn't know what it was but oh. it was this thing of like that's the one yeah not knowing it was a gateway to Hecate as I said or even mm. knowing because of the, the amount of the novel that was out, even knowing that Hecate was Maria. That's right. Yeah. That that was who I was looking at, who I was being pulled to. Mm. And we were talking more and more, and I started to look inward after everything that had happened, and the journaling and the meditation, mm -hmm. the asking questions, and our chats were getting longer and longer and mm -hmm. deeper into esoteric things. Mm -hmm. And I would think about these things constantly. Mm. It was this need on my side as well, this need for knowledge. And, and I'd started doing a form of shadow work on my own with your guidance mm. and, and help, which was greatly appreciated because it was a difficult time. And Just me poking at you randomly Mostly, at times. yeah. Like, we'll, like, yeah well, did you think about this because you, you said that and what have you? And then leave with the door. Do you think about that? Yeah, She's gone. <laughs> and then I would sit with it for a day and then leave you about an hour's worth of messages <laughs> <laughs> on the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, And it hurt. Mm. I'm going to say it. Like it hurt. Yeah. It was very difficult. I'd never done anything like this before mm. outside of a counselor in high school because of things that happened, mm. which again come back in shadow work later. Mm. And it was not a helpful experience for me. Mm. I'm not against therapy whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I think it's wonderful, but the experience I had with it was not the help I needed at the time. And again, yeah. I was 14 and it was mm. very difficult. So, you know, I had no knowledge of magic like i really had no concept of what magic was of witchcraft or occult anything the time goes on and you finish the piece and mm -hmm. in december i buy the talismanic version mm -hmm. and even at the time i didn't understand the concept of the talismanic version yes. even though you explain it on the website mm -hmm. so it's not a lack of information on your part mm -hmm. it's a lack of understanding on mine Well, it was at the, at the time, it's just yeah. what I've written and, and it was funny because it's the good thing that you mentioned that also at the time. Because for me, even where I was, I was like, well, that's obvious. You know, I'm just saying there's two sigils here. Why can you not know what a sigil is? You know, completely, you yeah. just like, well, actually, when you start, you don't know what this thing is. You would not know what a gateway is. I mean, this is, we're talking things of high magic. Like if you're a magician, you would uh -huh. like get that. Yeah. And if you're just a person that likes the peace, you would have it as a closed gateway. So, yeah. you know, obviously the entity is there and I may or may not be responsible for, What you know, the magic thing <laughs> that they may or may not decide yes, to do. It's still linked to her regardless. More accurately, I cannot be held responsible for how Kakate decides well, to do with yes, the gateway that you buy. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's not open. Like the principle of the talismanic version of that gateway is that you already have two sigils that were yes. channeled from Hikate in the piece, that were hidden in the piece. And then she would give one or two more with some chance mm -hmm. that would just be for the person. Yes. So I thought that was Which very interesting. To, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because yes. I didn't have the, the thing of, well, you know, I know he's green, but surely he must probably know what he's doing since he bought the, <laughs> the thing. Yeah, You're like, nope. nope. <laughs> not a fucking Yeah, this uh, is a full a gateway open in your house. I mean, they haven't even opened a circle yet. Great. Yeah, yeah, I literally <laughs> have not even opened a circle yet. This is how <laughs> so and, and so what these things, and it's the same on your mm. side, the things we've talked about have come from our first journals, essentially. Yes that we are incredibly grateful that we still have. Mm. Uh, and so I have dates as I went because it was from early 2021. Mm. It was a very 
slow burn, shall we say, mostly because of the external circumstances I was hit with after mm. we started talking mm-hmm. so soon after we started talking. Mm. The, I, the, there was so much I needed to do before I could sit down and look at this stuff that it was like once I did, it all flowed very quickly. So I get the gateway in December and it's delivered in sort of the 20th of so near Christmas. Mm. Edging towards the moment I mentioned in previous episodes of doing as much as I could personally mm. on my own, in quotes, mm-hmm. yet wanting to do more and move forward knowing it was time to get the reading from you, mm. to see who my guides may or may not be who wanted to work with me, etc. And again, just to point out the mindset, as much as I had made progress, at that moment, I was still so sure there wouldn't be anyone moving forward to work with me or show themselves as my guide. I was utterly convinced that I was completely alone and not worth anyone's time. Yeah, I guarantee you're not the only one thinking yeah. that. Guarantee. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's so many reasons for that, which again, mm. will come back in shadow work. But, you know, it, I have this moment in mid January of 2022 Mm. where I've been doing meditation daily and all of these things that we've talked about I haven't plucked up the courage to open a circle yet but I do have a gateway in my house Mm. so I think okay let me sit and meditate in front of this Mm -hmm. maybe something will happen I get lost in the details of it the depth of it Mm. which every person who looks at it goes oh it's like I can see into it it's Mm. like ah yes it's like she's calling me yes yeah it's it's like falling into it shocking shocking and so I would see bits of it moving mm. and I would feel the power from it, which took my breath away even when it was delivered. Mm. It was awe-inspiring to sit in front of it for hours and look at just not just the details from an artistic mm. standpoint, but the raw power and the magic of it. I'd never felt anything like that because I had not had any form of communication, not mm. aware of or what have you. It was so strong. Uh, and again, I'm going to do a little bit of promotion here. So, <laughs> to anyone else who is drawn to it for any reason, whatever the reason, like you will not regret walking into a room every day and seeing this piece on your wall. Hey, Katy, thanks you for your quality promotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your contribution to spreading her word. <laughs> yes, yeah, also yeah. it is in the show, but yes, it is a limited edition, just so people yeah. know what we are referencing here. Call, hey, Katy's call. Uh, limited edition gateway that you can find in the shop and uh, yeah fucking Tori Shemley's promotion here yes. but also you know it helps Hikate and uh, Hikate and witchcraft and, and the current so yeah Absolutely. that's what I'm gonna do <laughs> <laughs> well which was also the point yeah the exactly uh, yes and I am number one again hey hmm. <laughs> well done <laughs> very proud of that fact I remember after finishing or coming out of the meditation mm. I felt such a pull from my heart I couldn't put my finger on it. There was this longing. All of a sudden, I felt like hollow. Like there was something mm. I was needing, but I couldn't know what it was. And I couldn't sleep that night. I was outside at the back of the house I lived in at the time, staring at the moon, mm. which is hilarious for its own yes. reason, <laughs> if you know anything about Hecate. Uh, but I finally fall asleep that night. I have this dream in a blue room of this woman who is giant, whose head I never see. I just see sort of mid-chest down and her hands again there's a lot of imagery and, mm. and messaging in here yes uh, and she kneels down and hugs me mm. and i remember hugging her back mm. and and hugging so tight like i was trying to pull myself into her mm. 
And the next morning I woke up and I felt incredibly comforted. The, this hollow feeling I had the night before had gone. And it was comfort in a way I'd never felt before. And so about a week later, I'm still edging towards contact and edging towards <laughs> a circle, but still being a little bit nervous to do a circle. And so I'm like, okay, I looked through S. Connolly's books. I was drawn to a sigil of a goetic entity called Stolas. Mm. And so I've, I've got my piece of paper with printed circles on it <laughs> from a certain someone. <laughs> I hand draw Stolas mm. sigil in, in Sharpie. Mm. And I sit again in front of the gateway thinking maybe something will help having the power and just meditate on, on the, the sigil. So no circle, no end, just staring at the sigil for as long as I could. And I would see little sparks within it, white light that my brain said, well, you're staring at white paper with black writing on it, so of course you're going to see this or that. Yes, Trying to, again, explain yep. away anything that might be happening because, again, I wasn't sure. All the same things you talked about. Mm. And eventually, though, I, one thing I could not, in, not admit to was feeling this shift come over me and my head went very light. I felt very fuzzy. I felt quite sick and mm. I had to sort of snap myself out of it. Mm. And it wasn't a threatening feeling, but I, I did resist it at the time because it, all of a sudden I felt my mind slipping somewhere. And it was so foreign that it, it almost was this reaction of the mind being like, oh, no, I'm not going there, safe, come back. And that was a form of contact, but I wasn't quite ready and, and nor did I understand what it meant. It was also mostly a nudge of actually, please look up from where I am and, and go, to, yeah. go to this gateway yeah. you have. But again, <laughs> I, I couldn't understand that in the moment. And then I came to visit you for a few days. Mm. We were talking through everything again, including that moment of, of me meditating that way. Mm. And on the way to see you, I had made my mind up that I was ready to book the reading. Mm. And then obviously I get home and the first thing I do is book the reading I also bought a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. And, and I say shit, I loved it. I, mm. and I, I, all this stuff was very dear to me for as long as I could hold on to it and use it. Mm. A whole bunch of things I thought I needed for my witchcraft journey. I, I went home so inspired after what we talked about. And this is the moment, again, that I mentioned in episode one where you looked at me and was like, you know where you are, right? And mm. again, I know. I, and I promise I'm going to move forward. I'm going to experience this for myself. Yeah, but also it was like, you know, you know it's not it, it, a, you don't need to promise me. No, it, it wasn't, was like, but it was, it was more of a, a vocalizing a promise I'd made yeah, to myself on the way yeah, down. Yeah, right. It's not, this is not an armchair thing for me. Yeah. I know we've talked. You have to decide. We've talked around everything as much as we can, mm. and yes, I have decided mm. to move forward in this way. And some of that stuff I bought I needed, and some mm. of it I didn't, but you know, again, it was... All of these things we talked about. They look about, cool, though. They look cool, and I wanted to... <laughs> you want to own them just because they look so cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, I, in my mind, it was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to get the right tools. I'm going to set mm -hmm. myself up from the start and not either act like I don't need something or just because I don't understand why I need it, I'm going to dismiss it. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. And so a few days after that, we get to January 30th of 2021, I finally opened my first circle. Woohoo! Again, thank you. <laughs> so damn nervous. Yeah. Voice quivering, hand quivering, holding the book, trying to say the ends and all this. <laughs> Am I doing it right? Saying the end and then realizing I hadn't opened it with my hand and, and done the motions talked about in the book and all of this stuff. <laughs> um, 
and my arrogance uh, was giving me resistance saying why can't I do this on my own like why do I suck so much I have to ask for help uh, and this is such an arrogant thought but I couldn't see it that way and, and no most people don't no and I remember the, the day you, you pointed it out to me and for one thing it was a wonderful way of keeping me where I was mm. because if I think it's from an ego standpoint that I have to get better in order to move forward I'm also not going to move forward because I'm never going to get better because I've reached for me personally, mm. the point where I, I had to either stay where I was or, or go forward. And yeah, but like, you know, I have to do it on my own because I want to do this yeah, on my own because I must I, do this on my own because, you know, I should be able to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The wonder that well, horrible well. word should. Mm-hmm. And it took me weeks to understand. <laughs> it took me weeks to understand why you mirrored my self doubt mm. back to me. And, and clarified it as arrogance. Mm. I, and I remember when you said that, I felt, and not because you were aggressive or you were saying it to make me feel bad, but also I was like, oh, well, what do you mean? What do you mean like, it's arrogant to think that way? What do you mean it's arrogant to think I should be able to do all this shit on my own because I'm fucking perfect? <laughs> like, what do you mean it's arrogant? What do you mean? What the fuck are you talking about? And like, you were right, of course. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, <laughs> that has been said a lot. <laughs> you were correct but at mm-hmm. the time I was using it as a way to beat myself up and mm-hmm. not seeing you know my my ego was masking itself as self pity and, and self doubt yes but also I have to make a note here once you've seen it within yourself yes, you, you see, see it, it in yeah. other people and you cannot unsee it mm-hmm. and therefore it becomes very difficult not to point it out <laughs> yes <laughs> you try to point it out in the gentlest way possible and so it was appreciated on my side and it was never mm. seen as, as a, an attack or aggression. But yeah, learning that things don't have to be hard for overcoming them to be valid mm-hmm. was something that took a very long time to learn. It was a very difficult lesson. Mm. I guess the, the next day, according to the journals, I decided that I, I needed help and more importantly, I wanted the help despite my ego and my fear screaming at me in my head, mm-hmm. as for all of these reasons not to, something in the heart said that was what I wanted. And, and when I was visiting you, you'd ask me what I truly wanted to achieve with magic. And I remember sitting there, because it was something I maybe hadn't really thought about up until that point. Mm-hmm. It was this idea there was an experience to be had. And because of the kind of things I'd read about in the novel and you talked about, that was what I wanted. But when you asked me that and I stopped... It just came out of my mouth and I said, well, I want to become the immovable object. I want full control over myself, mm-hmm. my mind, my body, and my magic. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yep. I want to become a beast, mm. was what I said. And so, funnily enough, whilst that statement was true, also underneath it all, at the core, subconsciously, what I actually truly wanted was very simple and it was self-esteem. Right. And to know why I'd always felt so empty and hollow Mm. with no real identity and just this ability to chameleon my way through life, Mm -hmm. being whatever a personal group needed me to be so I could fit in and stay. Mm -hmm. Because same here, all I wanted to do was fit in and that will come back again on (laughs) Shadow. But I just, you know, I'm trying to show that two very different people have the same experiences when it comes to these things. And so through our talks and my own meditations, I'd be delving into why I felt that way. Why did I want to move forward? 
know, part of it was also because the pain sometimes felt good. Mm-hmm. I'd been so numb for so long that even even the pain was cathartic and, and not in a good way. It mm-hmm. was well, I mean, there's a, a quote from my journal and it said, I, I'm all that stands in my own way now. No abusive relationship, no soul-crushing job, only infinite possibilities, which leaves me wondering which way to go. Or worse, seeking to rebuild the cage for a false sense of security and familiarity. More shadow work, especially guided, excites me. But does it do so out of excitement of progress or because it hurts? And I feel I need the pain. Or maybe even that I deserve the pain. Ah, uh, yes. And I remember coming to that conclusion acknowledging that it was there but also the pull to keep going was so strong I understood that somehow I would detangle this self-hatred to the point of I need it to hurt in order to feel that progress is being made you tell people that, well, mm-hmm. you are onto something you are doing the right thing mm-hmm. and I know it's uncomfortable I know it hurts I know it's horrible like you think <laughs> you're the only one who's gone for it you're not yes, so exactly, I don't know what yeah. your pain is like because I'm not you no, but I can tell you that yeah and I know a lot of people that had their own as well mm-hmm. and you can absolutely do this and so but you know even though I think you were perhaps supported as much as you could you still had to make the choice mm-hmm. like nobody can force you like no. I couldn't be like yeah but you know we're friends so you should totally do it yeah. no that I would ever fucking do no, that to anyone anyway yeah. but it was like no you you need to make this choice mm-hmm. for yourself and so the February 1st comes like essentially from the earlier bit I just talked about to making contact, it was about two weeks. <laughs> so it was very quick from first circle. Mm. Actually, it was about a week from first or second circle to making contact. It was mm. really fast. And, and so I've done a couple of circles at this point each day. And February 1st comes, I'm like, today's the day I'm going to do my first ritual. Yes. And feeling incredibly magical and excited. <laughs> and ironically, it was not done in the circle, funnily enough. Boo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so the one I'd, I'd chosen was called See Clearly from mm-hmm. S. Connolly's Demonologist's Guide to Demonic Magic. And it's cast around the bed with a sigil under the bed and it is designed to show you what is currently happening in a given situation or your life in general. Mm-hmm. It's to see whatever is in front of you clearly, which is not overly far off what you mm-hmm. essentially asked for mm-hmm. uh, to Lucifer at the time. Mm. And I, I think I asked for a general idea as to what to do. Uh, and as I fall asleep, I have the, this image that flashes in my mind for a split second, but it was so strong it threw me out of falling asleep, of these four entities staring at me, and they look like Roald Dahl art-style mm. drawings. And I, I obviously didn't know who they were at the time, but I knew that it was you know, the, the, the demonic, demonic of, of some kind. And from what I understood later, it was Hecate, Hades, Belial, and my higher self. But it took a long time to find out who the fourth one was. <laughs> Uh, and so later that day, following on from what you just talked about, I had this moment of epiphany as I, I marked it in the journal. The connotations of it now are obvious, but at the time it was quite a large breakthrough regarding that resistance you just talked about. Mm-hmm. And realized for the first time I wasn't fighting anything, and I didn't know what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. I'd never just simply walked one forward one foot in front of the other with nothing in front of me to push against. I'm sort of paraphrasing this journal entry of this, but it's like, yeah, when I have something to push against, I'm able to power through and yeah. move forward relatively quickly. Mm. But 
now I'm at a loss as to how to move forward. Yeah, because you were used to it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So because I had nothing external to fight, I started fighting myself. Mm. And with all the same strength and anger, I'd thrown everything else. Mm. But I didn't have to. What I needed to do was love myself mm-hmm. and keep moving forward without adding my own resistance. Yeah, we don't we don't need it in like a, a narcissistic way. No. You know, this is this is not when we say we love the self. Mm. It's very difficult. We mentioned that actually earlier, and we're yeah. like, how are we going to talk about this? Because we don't want to sound new age crappy. You know, it's so arrogant, full of selfish. I like, I love myself so much. Uh, mm. You have to accept all the shit that I'm putting through because I love myself. This yes, is not no, at all true. the self we are talking no, about, by the way. All, yeah, <laughs> so I just wanted to put out there no, like it doesn't mean it's it like it a, an arrogant thing. From this this framing of self self hatred. Yeah, that's right. And it was this idea of well, you know, I I bet I feel better if I make contact with spirit because you know they're going to make it better. They're going to help me. And as as true as that was. It was this part of me that was also because of Lucifer's words to you that day, which had come back to mind, and we will get to my own interactions with him, which is an incredibly entertaining story. <laughs> I love him very much. Uh, this, is, this is a whole other thing for another time. First thing I say to myself is, but that's also external. And so my biggest hurdle is still to love myself enough to not find and rely on external validation. This epiphany happened the same day, maybe even around the same time as you were doing the reading and it, this was something that was said in the reading that I received the <laughs> next day and I quote from Hades compassion and kindness are his best allies i.e. Yes. stop beating yourself up mm. be kind to yourself on the surface it, it was hard hitting and very direct and mm. no punches were pulled mm. and I needed that mm. it needed to be direct because it needed to reinforce my way of thinking to a certain way away from the excuses I was giving myself You know, reading it and feeling that it was truly for me and that these entities were talking about me, it wasn't some random Instagram horoscope that they all say the same thing, just worded slightly differently. Mm -hmm. It made me feel so seen and exposed. It took a moment (laughs) to realize that, oh, fuck, I haven't even called on them and they're clearly watching me already. Jesus watches when you pee. Yeah, and so does everyone else. <laughs> yeah, <right>? clearly. <laughs> if you know, being called out of me and my circle asking questions to a candle, uh-huh. don't expect to get answers back. And I was like, oh my God, he uh-huh. can actually truly fucking see me. Yeah. This is terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, and I was already nervous to order the reading mm. because I was so sure no one would come forward, I said, as I said mm. earlier, to the point where I was sure I would be the first person you refunded uh, because spirit went, nah. <laughs> You know, (laughs) again, another good image for the level of self-confidence at the time. Mm. And then when you said you had a reading, Mm. my brain panicked, went, fuck, someone did come forward. (laughs) And now I have to deal with whatever they (laughs) (laughs) said. First thing that came to mind was flashback of being a kid at parent-teacher night. Oh, yeah. Of being like, oh, man, they're going to sit and talk about me and I have to act as if I either can't hear it or I'm okay with it. Like, what the fuck? How do I deal with this? Mm -hmm. So I do what any rational adult does I poured myself a fucking drink got myself a big cigar and yeah. like, sat outside the garden with a laptop to read obviously who wouldn't like it's what you do no crutches there at all anyway <laughs> <laughs> because I yeah because I was fucking terrified of what I was going to see of now. course yeah. and there was so much to process you know it was three entities came forward and mm. it, it started with three sentences from Belial that haunted me for weeks yeah, and it wasn't that, that I know he does <laughs> very good at that. And it's not that they were bad. 
but he was so direct and there was something about his words and also I couldn't quite figure out what he meant which and it was said that way to keep it in my mind until mm -hmm. I did and Hikase obviously came forward which was the only half expectation I had because of the call to the peace and her and the dream I was like well I assume she may well be in there somewhere but still, not expecting her to come forward with so much mm. and to offer herself to be an intermediary guide to get me ready to work with my actual guide, who is Hades, who mm. we'll get to in a minute. And I remember reading that, and my shadow, first thing it says is, see, you're not, you're not ready for your guide. Like, how fucking useless are you? Hikate mm. has to come and help you be ready, like getting you dressed like you're a child. Mm. Fucking great. Mm. Like, well done, you worthless piece of shit. Yeah, the dream word there. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But at the same time, reading their words, all I could feel was a lot of love behind them. Mm. Even though the words were harsh, there was harsh truths I needed mm. to hear, mm. especially from Hikate about how awful, and that was the word she used, awful, awful. my diet was. Yes. Slavery to certain things. Uh, Hades saying I was not ready for the harshest parts of my path or myself mm -hmm. despite thinking I was again it needs to hurt if it's not hurting if I don't yeah. face the hardest fucking thing mm. then I'm no good and Hikate and Hades both also said so many times that this was my choice Yes. everything was Very my important. choice and I you know so I'm reading this and I'm also blown away by what your reading had given me mm. again for anyone who's wondering the kind of information that these readings bring, I'm going to do some promotion for you. It, like, this is the kind of thing you can find out if that is what you want or, or mm. if there's something else you would rather mm. ask. There was so much clarity to it and it was clearly so much for me mm. that I, I printed it out from the computer and would have it at my desk which was next to the altar which was in the circle. It was all very mm -hmm. close together and I would sit and read it daily mm. for such a long time until, until I left that house. And even then, I think I, I brought it out of storage the day after everything went into storage. Because yeah. like, no, I want to keep this with me still. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm still grateful for it now, obviously, given everything that's happened since. But mm. I was just so amazed by it all. As much as I was given a choice for moving forward from here, the interesting was that I'd already made my choice by ordering the reading. Yeah. Because until I was ready for contact, I decided I would not order the reading. So one would come as a consequence of the other. If I wasn't ready for contact... There was no reading. So mm. whilst it was made clear nothing would be forced on me, I had also already made my choice. The fact I was reading these words yeah, meant the choice right. had been made. There was something you said towards the end of the reading, which yeah, stuck with me in reading it again in this journal. It was very cool to remember it back because it's something that is, is solid advice for everyone, not mm. just me. To think before acting, but don't let the fear and overthinking stop you from taking action. Yes. Like we, un we understand the importance of wanting to know what you're doing so you don't jump in totally blind, especially from a, a quote-unquote safety aspect. So mm -hmm. you, you at least have an idea, but also don't don't let that stop you if yeah, you're feeling right. so pulled to it. Don't and become an armchair magician no, for exactly. reasons. Yes, exactly. And so as people may have gathered from what you talked about earlier in your situation with having one magical friend mm. who was a form of added resistance you had to work through, you know, it wasn't that much different in terms of me having my own resistance despite having a supportive figure mm. in my life in magic again yes not ever saying but we're friends so do this thing with me oh god or, no or promising anything from no. it 
so even though you were an absolute cheerleader for whatever I wanted to do, which I was incredibly grateful for. But also it will be hard, but also you've chosen the hardest yes, path. Is, so please yes, make exactly. the fucking you're choice for yourself. Don't turn around it. and be yeah. like, oh, I wanted to do it because we were afraid of that. It's like, no, oh, no yeah. I'm not having this. Like I've yes, given too much. And, but yeah, it is yeah. definitely a choice you have to make yes. for yourself. Yes, yeah. for no one else. That's right. You cannot do any of this for anyone else. In the same way, I was also still responsible for my own stagnation or result. And, you know, so I took a couple of days to sit with all of this, see where my fears lay, if there were fears, mm-hmm. also gather the things I thought I needed for making contact, because he has <laughs> only said, he'll be guided, needs to trust himself, oh, when yeah. <laughs> asked on the best way to make contact with Hikate, uh-huh. and reading back in the journal, which I thought was very funny, I remember noting him saying that and saying, honestly... I was hoping for a little more hand-holding on this yeah. one. <laughs> I think I said that to you at the time as well. Yeah. I was like, okay, I guess it. it was a lesson early on of uh-huh. me trusting myself. It was a huge part of it. But at the same time, I was like, really? I'm already doing this? You could, You're my guy, you, Ben. Yeah, like, <laughs> my guy is still telling me that I still have to do it on my own. Like, what Damn the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to mention something else here that blew my mind at the time. Again, green as fuck was reading that Hades was a real entity to begin with, and then also reading he's my guy. Putting that out there is an interesting thing to begin with as well, because he's not an entity that is talked about very often. No, that's right. And, and he, you know, he's not in the sort of oft-explored pantheons. And like he is within the large pantheon that is well-known, but you don't often necessarily hear people talking about him. And obviously, because I've been steered away unknowingly by Hecate and possibly him as well mm. from looking into too many things the fact that he existed was not even something that was near my mind mm. and so I'm blown not only from the fact he exists but he's my guide I just sat there what the fuck and I laughed <laughs> for 10 <laughs> solid minutes reading yes yeah. and I remember you saying you know I was kind of worried that your mind would be really confused and worried about this bit of the reading and I went Oh no, that bit kind of made sense based on what I felt throughout my life. Mm-hmm. But I lost it at reading about Hades for 10 minutes because I couldn't believe he was fucking real. And then he turns around, he's my guy. Hello. Yeah. Like, what the hell? And you found that very funny. As well. I know, it was it's hilarious. Like... That's the thing with his readings, you don't know. Because I'm opening <laughs> myself up. And so he's going to be with this person. Whoever has to come forward will come forward. Yes, exactly. And so sometimes the most endings is like, right? ooh, I wasn't expecting that. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> All right, then. Can you give it to me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck, hello, hi. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. So. <laughs> Say this. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I know, you know, he's a, a certain way as well. Oh, it was very you funny. Know, he's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, 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 he's not a unfriendly, character. but again, he's direct, but, and they're all quite direct. Like, so mm-hmm. we will have to say whether they're direct, but I think it, it comes with this subtle differences here and there. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and it was a while until I did talk with him directly mm. and, and that will be covered later as well because it's so much of that to go through. But yeah, Hikate gave you a pair of sigils to be used together. That's right, yeah. And two chants that I could choose from. Yeah. Which was very kind of her. Mm-hmm. Because the one of them really did not feel overly natural to me. Mm. <laughs> Again, mindset, it must be hard. I chose the longer one mm-hmm. first. Like, yeah. Well, I also want to show I'm committed. Yes. So I'm not going to take the easy way out of this one that's two words shorter because then it's two words less of commitment therefore I would be not worthy of her presence probably why she gave two <laughs> <in> the first <laughs> exactly probably 
just to laugh at this this boy who's going knowing that I would probably choose the harder one and be like, actually, no, I'm just using the easier <laughs> one because I can say it in one breath and it's worth I wouldn't put it past her to add some entertainment for herself uh-huh. into the mix and to teach me a lesson as well. That's Again, right. the idea that the difficulty of overcoming something does not invalidate the fact it was overcome was a long learned lesson. Mm-hmm. And so I printed those out and I still have those two original sigils in the back of my first journal that were only used once. Again, I was so new, I didn't know you reused sigils. I thought you had to mm. make new ones every time. And actually printed out new ones for my second attempt at contact. Uh, my second working, I should say. Mm. And I burned some dragon's blood incense because I'd been researching online what kind of offering she might like. Well and <laughs> two white candles on my altar in the little uh, heart-shaped thing that's supposed <laughs> to be the pointer of a, um, right. of a Ouija board. <laughs> because it was what came with my candle set. Right. I didn't know it was there. It was a free gift taped uh-huh. to the outside from Amazon. No. So I'm like, oh, cool, I have cool. A, a holder. So these <laughs> two little hearts. <laughs> Again, such edgelord. Uh, ah, yes. Right? It's so, so dark. dark. <laughs> Your darkest page. <laughs> yes, of course. Exactly. There's a reason we're going after that. And along with my altar, I also had the other ceremonial type mm. tools. I opened my circle and sat in a very uncomfortable lotus position uh, for yes. a good 45 minutes chanting. Uh-huh. Well done for that. That's just... Well, it was so painful. With I didn't even notice yeah, exactly. the as well. I, uh-huh. You know, I was like, well, one, it didn't work. And two, now I cannot feel my legs at all. Yeah. But again, I was so determined to be committed that mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm going to sit through the pain. And, I'm, you know, all of these things, which is not that it was a bad mindset, but I was misplacing mm-hmm. this aggression in moving forward, mm-hmm, shall we mm-hmm. call it doing what a lot of people may well find themselves doing, of chanting and then stopping and opening one eye just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> you are just catching To see if this giant goddess had materialized in my kitchen yes. without me realizing. <laughs> and then chuckling to myself every time the room appeared to be empty. Oh. Uh, and as I said, it didn't work that first time. And so the next day, I'm rather than looking for reasons why I'm giving myself excuses mm-hmm. instead fear of being judged as seen as disrespectful idiot because I did something wrong, getting annoyed at myself for not knowing how to move forward because I hadn't made contact yet. The very thing I knew I needed to move forward was to make contact. Mm -hmm. The idea that I would be guided Mm -hmm. (laughs) may have been thrown onto you in some form, (laughs) an inspiration for a post on Instagram the next day. What? The talk of procrastination <laughs> and the lack of results and the link between the two. Yeah, you weren't the only one that texted me that yes. day. You're like, yeah, you called me out, didn't <laughs> you? And I was like, I did not. Like, no, literally, I was doing this to call myself out because yes. I procrastinated so long. And there was uh, a few people that were like, yeah, that, that kind of that was really me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's I know really it funny. a lot early on. Oh. Uh, and also what came to mind was a quote from Diamond Dallas Page, who was a wrestler again of the late uh-huh. 1900s. A quote that he talks of that says, don't bitch about results you didn't get from work you didn't do. Yes. And this came to mind. And again, I was the only one stopping me. And so then we hit February 7th, the next day. And this marks the day of contact. Mm -hmm. And also the fourth night in a row, I've dreamed of sitting and talking to you (laughs) uh, (laughs) during my night. And the context of that was not hard to figure out, given that you had worked with Hikate, she was your guide, you downloaded the sigils, you'd done the reading. And yeah, I was not dream-walking you, man, I promise no, yeah, you. You, <laughs> you were not throwing yourself into no, my dream no, and, and no. nudging me towards the circle. No. It was an image that was used by Hikate a mm-hmm. lot early on mm. to get my attention and 
and to be used in very specific ways. It was very much a message and her using that. And the, the calling was so strong. I was, I don't want to use the word desperate, but I kind of was. I had the yearning for this contact. I was so close, I could taste it, and I had everything, and I, I was missing something. Mm. And I was, actually. It turns out I absolutely was missing something. <laughs> because I also remembered the previous attempt I had done at making contact. I had not added any blood to the sigils because I was so distracted and nervous of opening the circle correctly mm -hmm. and having everything in place and then sitting and knowing I'd be uncomfortable and trying to learn this chant so I could say it in one breath and not have to look at the words because I have to open, I have to close my eyes, of course. Yes, of course. You know, all of these preconceptions. <laughs> and that was the only difference between the two attempts. Same incense, same candles, same chants, etc. Just with a tiny drop of blood added to each one. And later, Higate con uh, confirmed that was the difference because mm -hmm. that was also seen as an the offering or sacrifice. That's of right, yes. And there is a note to add here because of what I just said. Yes. When we talk about bloodletting, which especially demonolatry and certain similar paths mm -hmm. are, mm -hmm. it sounds very medieval and scary and painful. And so the two tiny drops I used of my blood came through a diabetes lancet, mm -hmm. which is the safest and least destructive way of getting the blood, at least as a male. Yeah. Um, something we both did, and I believe you'd also mentioned it to me, and yes. as Connolly had done videos and mentioned it in her books. Yes, but we need to mention it again and again yes, and, and again, again and again, because yes. people use it first to attack the practice quite mm. a lot. Like, oh, look at them, you know, they're just like cutting themselves and stuff like that. This yes, is not what this is at all. <laughs> it is not self-harm, no. it's not meant to be. Blood is considered to be a sacred river within your body. And yes. so it's about just the idea that you are ready to give a drop of something mm. which is incredibly sacred that is, you know, the elixir of your life, quite yes, literally. You are able to sacrifice a little drop of it. So you are showing that you are ready to do such a yes, thing. It is more of an image yes. that it is the drop of blood, or should I say the rivers the of rivers blood, of you think, <laughs> yes. that Hollywood would use. And so people, oh, yeah. you know, I really feel like we need to, to yes, make this incredibly just... fucking clear. Mm -hmm. Because people think that using blood is cool because it's edgy, it's dark and whatever, and they don't understand the connotation, yeah. what the blood represents what it's from and the, the almost the holiness should i say yes. of such an it's act it's not about the pain of, of shedding no. the blood it and it's sure shit and about the blood itself mm -hmm. not in that sense and not at this point of your path so no exactly no. Yes. They, they look at movies mm. and they do it the supernatural style which we talked about it quite a lot because we we're watching uh, some of the episodes quite recently mm, yes. content right there, um, content <laughs> right there yeah. you know i know like, oh my god but that's the thing that happens you know in all these movies that speak of the occult and you see all these people unless it's the craft because they did the whole lancet thing which was you know they, they pricked their finger actually yeah this is very 90s yeah. but the rest of it is going to be and also it was girls to be fair yeah. so they was going to be Yes, sometimes you got the, the priestess that just, you know, opens herself yes, up. But sure. what you see is a lot is somebody takes the blade yes. and put it in their palm of their uh -huh. hands and, and they, you know, they pull. Now, this is great for movies because in terms of special effects, you could put the blood bag yes, and you, you can put the release, you hide well. it in the hand or you hide it in the knife. And so it's, it's yes. very visual for the camera. And you have to remember when you're you looking at this film... It's all about the visuals. Yes. It's not about whether or not the film is accurate to the practice. 99.9% mm -hmm. .9 of the time, it is not. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to be. It is entertainment. It's meant to show you something dramatic 
to get to a story. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of you are going to sit there listening to this podcast. Why is she saying this? Evidently, it is entertainment. I'm saying it because I see it everywhere and yes. I've seen it everywhere for the last 20 years that I've been part of the occult community mm-hmm. one way or another. Everybody will take this. Well, you know, I've seen this film and I've tried this ritual. I've yeah. tried this. I've tried yeah. that. Yeah. And I was like, blood, therefore I must do it this way. I must do it this way. This and and it's incredibly it. risky to start with. Oh, yeah. It will damage your body. And no, it's not a flex. No, it's mm-hmm. not cool. Also, you have a lot of nerves in your hand. Mm-hmm. It is very dangerous. And what's going to happen if you do this, which is a stupid idea, and I'm sorry, I cannot really go into the PC thing of, well, you do, you do, you know, no, no. <laughs> please yeah. don't do that. No, you're it's incredibly, putting you, yourself you're putting yourself that. at risk for something that is not necessary. Yes. It is not asked of you mm-hmm. at all. Yes, it's not demanded. It's not demanded, it's not necessary. And so what you risk doing is losing the use of your fingers yes. because it happens quite a lot actually you have a lot of demonologists that came out also mm-hmm. here and there and, and you know not just demonologists actually magicians in general yes, and, you know witches and things practice, like that yeah. and yeah and they were like well you know I did this at the time because either I thought it was cool I thought it was needed I wanted to be like dark in my ritual or whatever and I cut too deep within my hand yes. and that cut the nerves yep. and so I spent the rest of my life handicapped quite literally yes. because I couldn't use the you know my hand properly and stuff yeah, like that it's not obviously. so edgy when you can't use your fucking thumb yeah exactly and so you're gonna really be you know you have one or two jokers out there was like well it won't happen to me you know I don't care and, uh, fine it you've been warned man it's, it's like you're an adult fraction of a millimeter difference it's, between it, yeah. that and not and it, it's yeah. not worth it so maybe you should ask yourself why you think that you're so arrogant mm-hmm. that it wouldn't happen to you yes. but you know and also come us. back and listen to the shadow work <laughs> exactly yes, come back to that one this is very important so please be incredibly careful and also you know just take a new lens as well again you know you'd think this is evident it's obvious but we live in a world where people are putting cats into the oven to dry them and babies in a washing machine and stuff like that people are eating tide pods for fuck's sake you know yeah i'm yeah. There's a reason why you know we feel like we have to bloody say that. Yes. So yeah, please it's, don't do it the movie style. No, please don't do it the movie style. style. Be very safe with this. Mm-hmm. Disinfect the thing that you are using. Get rid of the lens after. Yeah, Just safely. you know, it's safely. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost a lot. It's not it hard to do it safely, right. honestly. Like people do this when they take blood sample, the laboratory or whatever, yes, and you just prick your finger at the end, and that's fine, and it's yeah. safe, and then you disinfect it or you wash your hands if you have nothing. Please don't take the oil from the finger that you've pricked as well. Uh, I've yeah. done that, and that was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I took Abrahamic oil on my finger that I just pricked, and I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and also for us, we worked in jobs that we needed our hands. That's we right. We worked yeah. with our hands. That's and also, right. also, you don't have to. I want to put a note no, in there I mean, that it was want. necessary for mm. us with our path. Yes. And it might be necessary for some people. But you can also do this path by not using a drop of your blood. Absolutely. It is not something you have to do. No. You don't. There are other fluids and other things that mm. you can give. So... It is part of the practice and I think it is very necessary to speak about it and speak openly about it because Mm -hmm. 
it's kind of like sex education. Yes. It's like people would not talk about it because they don't yeah. want to be associated with such a thing. And they're like, well, no, you know, and then they let other people, yeah, exactly. And then let other people do it. And then people do not have this information. And because yes. they don't have it, they just put themselves Absolutely. in danger. Absolutely, yeah. So that is also the thing of this podcast. We are going to address such things. We are mm-hmm. going to talk about it quite openly. We will make a, a little note in the description as well. If yes. you are sensitive or queasy or whatever, but do know that this is part of the path and it's a normal thing. It's not anything satanic, no. demonic, or anything not, that would destroy. Edgy. It is not yeah. edgy. This is not what this is for. And if you're still on the idea that using blood in magic will make you more powerful because of this edgelord thing, I urge you to fucking sit down with yourself for a minute, grow the fuck up, and reconsider what this actually means. So. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know. But very much needed. Also, we love you. But you know. <laughs> well, we do. But also, we're going to be very frank and very honest. We are yeah, that's right. challenging certain views of the, yeah, the, right. the quote-unquote community and mm-hmm. through exploring our own experiences yeah, this is right. the point and things that don't get talked about if you follow the path you will get your share of intense yes. perhaps sometimes sinister uh-huh. perhaps sometimes quite dangerous with your mind because you have to be very careful with these things as well but you know we'll talk about it a little yeah, bit later all of these on, things on the path you need to do to be edgy you will experience in a much more real way oh I guarantee yes. you will have your fill I uh-huh. guarantee you will yeah. have your fill mate getting like your there's blood. no need like getting your blood <laughs> yeah, is the is safest it, cutest thing in yeah, this it is not the fucking edgy <laughs> power move you think it is no, no. like it is powerful and mm-hmm. it was required that's right but it again not from the point of view people often think of it mm-hmm. and so yes that was the difference between the mm-hmm. two and I sit there I calmed myself beforehand tried to be as open as I knew how to in that mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. and I chanted for about 15 minutes maybe and to call with as much intent as I could gather and I, I remember telling myself call as if no one in the world can hear mm-hmm. there is no one in the world but you and you are the only noise in the world. And so it wasn't that I was loud, but I was open and strong. And I think I varied my pitch a couple of times as well to Try make it more of a, a, a vibrated chant mm. as opposed to simply saying the words, mm-hmm. both of which could work. But in that moment, because they were called chants, mm-hmm. I thought, well, I should probably use them as such. Yes. And so that was just what felt right in the moment. And mm-hmm. I realized at one point I was smiling so hard that I couldn't say the chant anymore because <laughs> I was laughing. Mm. And finally, my brain goes, hmm, is that you, my lady? Are you here? <laughs> because <laughs> I'm realizing, oh, I can't even say it anymore. It's not going to work. Oh, wait, maybe it already has. Mm. Because why am I smiling? Why am I laughing? Why do I have this feeling of absolute fucking joy right now? And, mm. and so the room is just filled with my laughter and this light, you know, I could see the room I was in, even with my eyes closed, my mind's eye was so clear. I was in this room, but there was a golden hue to everything from this light that was coming from somewhere. And the emotions that were there were so overwhelming, I cried harder than I'd ever cried. Mm. And it wasn't out of pain. And I'll tell you, for the things that you'll hear in the shadow work parts, crying from pain and crying intensely was something I was very familiar with at that Mm -hmm. point in my life in that moment but it wasn't that it was absolute love and I felt so at peace and as corny as it sounds I felt at one with everything Mm. it was this transcendent experience something I'd never come close to imagining or experiencing before 
the crying turns to laughter for a very long time um, and then I felt stoned and like I was giggling like a stoner would even though I'd never been stoned in my life somehow I was very aware that that was the feeling of what it would be like and it was confirmed a few weeks later when I did get stoned for the one and only time in my life <laughs> <laughs> and I was right mm. turns out and so yeah I remember sitting there giggling like a stoner would in a movie mm. very caricaturish mm -hmm. but it was more like the, the laughter and giggling you hear of a baby being bounced on a parent's knee is the mm. closest thing what you see on a child's face was what I was feeling mm. in that moment it's safety and love and, mm. and everything is fine you all feel so safe and, but there were moments of what we call clearing as well, like internal clearing. And so every now and then there'd be a howl of pain very briefly, mm. and then it was more laughter for a long time. And I, I couldn't see or hear her, but I was responding out loud as if we were having a conversation. And it, it felt odd, yet I never questioned it. It just flowed very naturally. And sometimes I was laughing at a joke, but if, if someone asked me what the joke was I wouldn't have been able to say mm. I was responding to questions that I couldn't hear yet I knew exactly what to <laughs> respond with and it would be very specific at times mm. and there was this moment that I found myself holding my arms out and again in my mind's eye seeing a ball of light being handed to me and I for some reason knew it was to pull into myself about the size of a medicine ball for anyone who knows what that is and so I'm pulling this into me and in that moment it felt like a missing piece of myself had been returned or that something within me had been unlocked and I didn't understand what it was at the time but even in this first meeting and almost instantly there had been an alchemical change within and that's me. That's right, yeah. Uh, and so towards the end of this intense experience I'm, I'm screaming I love you out loud mm -hmm. again as if no one's around mm -hmm. even though I'm attached to a house on the other side. <laughs> Thankfully an older deaf couple oh, so that's cool. it did help. <laughs> convenient. <laughs> yeah, convenient. Yes, convenient. I was saying it to Hecate herself, but also I was saying it to me. Mm. For the first time, I, again, I was 34. I'd never once uttered the words I love you to myself in mm. my entire life. And, and so I was hugging myself at the same time. Mm. I was an absolute fucking mess yeah. because of the emotion. I'd been laughing and crying. I had snot all over my face. <laughs> tears of you know puddles on the floor mm. the exhilaration of her presence and everything it was just so overwhelming and i sat there for a while longer things started to calm down the giggling mm -hmm. slightly subsided and i just had this feeling of okay it's time to stop this now it's mm. time to close the circle and, and this had all lasted about two hours i think from what i remembered and so i closed my circle i journal well done. <laughs> Again, first thing I, I do, obviously, after such an event like that. Uh, and I, oddly enough, I was surprised at how little I wrote mm. in the journal for such a, a huge event. But I was so overwhelmed and so frightened. You need to process it, it though. Yeah, it's, it's not the first thing. It's when it's yeah. like, well, let me sit down with this because this is And also the time had found. flown so quickly. I'd almost mm. forgotten what had happened yeah. in the time it had taken, you know, these couple of hours. And then I think a lot more of it came back. Because I then message you immediately and we're doing voice <laughs> messages at this point. Uh -huh. And I was still giggling. I remember I remember hitting the record and being like, <laughs> which was the first thing you would have heard. <laughs> and so, because I was still giggling, I prefaced it with, I'm not high, I made contact. <laughs> the Dark Lord hopes you have enjoyed this program.